This is Gary Shaw and you're listening to Tales from the East Stand, sponsored by Peachtree East. Tales from the East End, episode 31. Now we're going to talk about the Finn Harps game, Dundalk in the FAI Cup semi-final on Sunday. And read out your favourite FAI Cup memories. Because uh, we have another Rovers jersey giveaway and it's signed. It's been upgraded. So uh, get your stories. Your stories have been in. We haven't decided on that yet. We're going to decide on the winner soon. This time uh, Joe Monks is banned. Joe Monks is banned. The last time we had a jersey giveaway, a random or one. And he, in fairness, we gave him a chance to win it. He never showed up. Only uh, person in the world who guessed 4-2 yeah. and Bray. And it wasn't a Rovers Complete fan. random or won it. So we also have an interview with a man who scored in the final last time Rovers won the cup. Noel Larkin. He was in the Glen Malore. He was great, wasn't he? Lovely fella. So unfortunately we won't have any analysis of the Pats game until our next show. Because we're recording on a Sunday today. And you know what that means. It's Monty Madness. Number four I think, Carl. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Four. Number four. And we've had the ever quotable Jay, the biggest club Maloney. Ray, the boss from Oz. Do you like that? Does that work? <laughs> the boss from Oz? Boss? No? Keep it coming, keep it coming. <laughs> and Rovers legend, Padjo Flynn. So, uh, I'm Gary Parsons, and as usual, the prof, Carl Riley, is across from me. But we also have some friends in studio today. We've Paul O'Connell, and we've Dan Fulham. Say hello, lads. Hello. Hey, lads. Good evening. So, uh, before we get into it, lads, I have to uh, plug our sponsor, our brand new sponsor, <laughs> Monty Madness. So we're very happy to announce our Monday Madness sessions are now sponsored by Carry Out Off Licence at the Penny Hill in Lucan. Right, so they have uh, generously provided us, provided us with a delicious array of beers for us to sample. Serious selection of craft beers that the lads are all getting stuck into now. What are you on, Paul? You are on the... I'm on the Chinese beer, the Ting Tao. Is that how you pronounce that? Because you want to hear me trying to pronounce it in the Ting, shop. Ting Tao. I didn't even the Ting Tao. I was, I was pronouncing the S and Dan's on the Heineken. I am on a Scud Missile, Russian Scud Missile, or Polish. It's a one litre can. It's a one litre can. It's a one litre can. It's a monster. That's the biggest can. That'll get you to draw it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, only had the one. Yeah, so these guys have a serious selection of craft beers for all you crafty connoisseurs out there. They've got Little Bastard Ale, they've got Kinnegar Range, Brewdog, Sierra Nevada, Yellow Billy, 8 Degrees Brewing Company, everything. And they've gluten free bars, the whole lot, the kitchen sink. I mean, I walked in and Louise was the lovely lady who helped me out and I gave her the pitch and gave her an idea of what we're doing and she loved it herself and Donald were fantastic and if you're stuck for something to drink ask Louise she has fantastic knowledge on her beers and uh, she gave me some great recommendations as well and they're great value and my wife um, she calls herself a Rovers widow and I'm a Penny Hill widow to be honest I mean she's never out of place so you can get it so a big thank you to our new sponsors carry out at the Penny Hill Lucan so thanks once again guys for all that lovely beer 
So welcome to Johnny Blue's Bar, guys. Uh, not many have had the honour of seeing inside walls of this place. Every stain tells a story. It's eclectic. It's eclectic. It's actually the way a bar should be. Bits of everything around. Bits of everything hanging yeah. off the walls, isn't it? You know, fabulous place. Any thoughts, uh, Dan? Yeah, it's great. It's uh, not used to podcasts. Don't know what <laughs> <laughs> you have your scripts. I don't. Really. Hopefully, you'll edit this part out. Do you want to ask me that again? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're now reviewing Thank you. And action. Yeah, so we've talked about what we're drinking. And like I said, Russian scud missiles. And um, there's chocolate everywhere as well. We've got some Belgian chocolate at the moment, some toffee and popcorn. It's like Brussels in here. I need some opinions from you. I need some opinions on the white bars. I particularly want to know what you think of the white Snickers. I have some facts on chocolate. I hate Snickers. I, I actually oh, uncovered see. some facts on chocolate, chocolate, right? Okay. Now, white chocolate is... It's a tricky one, right? Right. But I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this, right? See, white chocolate isn't technically chocolate, Paul. Oh. This, is, this is on. This oh. is on. <laughs> so there's no cocoa solids or cocoa liquor, so that is technically not chocolate. And Hershey's, do you know what the brand Edu- Hershey's? Educate me, Gary. Yeah. They might not have never existed, they probably never existed because Milton Hershey, the magnet who created the chocolate empire, cancelled his Titanic reservation at the last minute. So that's Hershey's, that's might never have existed. I love Hershey's. <laughs> yeah, Hershey's there you go. Favorite yeah. So yeah. Yeah. he cancelled his Titanic reservation. I like the dark chocolate one, I hate the white Hershey's. Yeah, that's pretty good. And there's also a pill, you like this one, that can make your farts smell like chocolate. So you can take a pill. <laughs> <laughs> your farts smell like chocolate. You good I compromise. Must, must remember that for the next GTSC. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Shall so that's a couple of chocolate uh, yeah. anecdotes yeah. for you. We'll but the, the white chocolate, right? It's it's a tricky one. It is. We'll definitely delve into that in a while. Uh, yeah. What do you think of it? Is it? What's your opinion on the Snickers? I, I, I had one. Yeah. I, I I like that salty caramel kind yeah. of taste. Anyway. So Snickers for me, a nice cup of tea, two tea bags. There that you go. Wonderful. Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Carl, you have your mug from Reykjavik, you paid 300 euro. I did, I did, I did yeah. <laughs> and that was the cheapest one. <laughs> I was trying to distract you once so you could rob it. How much did you pay for that? I thought you did. I think it was 25 it. quid. I thought you remember. 25 euro, I think it was. That was beside the 800 euro shawl. I was that was literally the only thing I bought in so Iceland. So. <laughs> was, fuck that. Yeah. was this a souvenir shop, was it? It was. On the, on the, on the main street, yeah. Jeez, the car, I walked car. around that, we were going back to the airport and... And it was the day before. I walked into that shop, had a bag Looking for the guilt present. And I swear to God, <laughs> I didn't even turn around. I just backtracked my steps out of the shop because I was even terrified turning around and knock something <laughs> over. Yeah, that'd be next month's wages out yeah. the window, you what, know? What did we price the football shorts in there? We went in, we asked that they had the Iceland national team. Oh, it's it's must 100, be at least 100, 100 euro, 130, yeah. 120, 130 yeah. quid. Crazy. But the thing was, there's just tourists going in there buying up shit, so. Americans going in Fair enough. But uh, it seems to be boiling over a little bit now with the, you know, taking advantage of the tourists at the moment. Uh, we take advantage of everybody. Yeah, well, it was, Ameri- be honest, yeah. there was wasn't there an American, there was an American base there in World War Two. so... I noticed a lot of Americans there, in fairness. It still yeah. has its passing trade there. I think yeah. if you have a, a tourist destination and you, you suddenly find that 99% of the tourists are American, it's probably not really... Made out to what it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- tin houses everywhere. That's what I know. Carl, what were you saying about uh, you were going to talk about our recent guests? On yeah, Monday Gary Madness. Shaw. I mean, everyone thought he spoke really well last week. It was dead sound, absolute gentleman. Lovely, lovely fellow. And uh, the word used a lot was natural. Yeah, yeah, very natural. Yeah, came across very well on the radio. Lovely fella. Um, mm. Not shy. Very, very fluid. 
know. No, he was a gent. Very I mean, and he was. Um, yeah. He yeah. actually forgot his mask, and we were trying. We didn't have his phone number. Yeah, and we were trying to te- we were trying to tweet, and we were like, "Listen, you're gonna get in shit here, our brother." Good thing he wasn't halfway to Kildare by that point. Mm. But uh, yeah, I thought he interviewed Heaney very well. Yeah, no, that was really good. I'm surprised. As, a, as an experienced interviewer myself, I've been doing this since way back in February. I thought he did an excellent job. Mm. Yeah, he was really good. And um, so, what else have we got? We, we have... put up the picture to see could people guess who it was. We had the picture of the microphone, the mask, and everyone guessed Sam Bone. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Couple yeah. Of, I think yeah. one pair, I think John Harper got, got shot, didn't he? Yeah, a couple of people. Fellaini, he says. Fellaini, yeah. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Yeah. yeah, so we've Patrick and Martin as well. He said, great interview with Gary Shaw. Great having players like that wearing the short um, these days after the previous year. So, yeah, like the mercenary era that we've had, like the book you and McDarr are going to write, terrible time. The, the one that's the sequel <laughs> to Talatine they're the ones that have been mercenaries like the Brennans and these players that just didn't care about the club and came in for a few quid handy few quid full time football and I think, the, I think we're over that now and it's it's been really refreshing mm. seeing this team this year all the young guys and particularly when we were meeting them ourselves they're all really in, enthusiastic about the club so um, we got James Cook as well James Cook said love the early show interview sounds like a real really sound bloke on another note you know your work as a parent is done when you go upstairs and the Instead of the usual voice of a rapper coming from your son's room, you get the sultry tones of Gary and the prof. <laughs> Shazzy's the, the man, isn't he? I can say, say that's the first time I've ever been described as sultry. Yeah, I think sultry. so. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, what else we got? And there was another one from Darren. He says, Gary Shaw on the podcast would just like listen to any fan on the podcast. What other club would you get at? None. Yeah, I don't think anyone else gets the access we get and the help, you know, things like that. We have uh, someone posted a picture of the two Shaws at the 2009 Milk Cup. That was hilarious. That was brilliant, man. He was so yeah. tall, wasn't he? I don't think he's grown an inch since then. He's, he's still the same size. And the other Gary Shaw actually replied to us on Twitter. Yeah. That, oh, I saw that. You showed me that tweet. That was brilliant. Yeah. It was a great, uh, it was a great it was moment, wasn't it? The, the, the world should have imploded just on the spot. Right, wasn't it? it was a cracker of a story, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Yeah, so we had John Connolly. He's fired back about the quiz. Shaws, you need to be careful here. John yeah. was reared on the terraces of Milltown, the boots and braces. Flick knives and brass knuckles. He was having none of Shazzy's rebuttal about the quiz, so shots fired and this feud must continue. Mm. Was the eighties violent Paul? You would you were around Milltown then, weren't yeah, you? Was I, the eighties violent? No, I, I I only came in at the at the end of the foreign row. So I wouldn't really know. And did you notice much violence in around <coughs> the early nineties and the late eighties? I didn't. I didn't see much. Didn't see much. I didn't, didn't see much myself. Now you know. Um, I would have been in the tick of the shed and. Um, I wouldn't have gone to Talca Park I would have avoided that yeah, I yeah, used to go on the, the PAYE marches with me dad so any kind of protest no that's a no-go area so mm. I would have avoided uh, Talca Park yeah yeah post Milltown so I wouldn't have really seen much um, I would the earliest one I remember was the Leinster Senior Cup final in was it 91 when we played Bows at Daily Mount and <clears throat> It was it was it was on a Sunday Sunday afternoon a three thirty kickoff, and uh, there wasn't a great crowd there at all. I'm not sure whether it was it was on on St Patrick's Day. I I'm not sure. Uh, was it a final? It was a final, yeah. The Leinster Senior Cup final. And Nutty scored the winner. Nutty scored the winner, and they brought the trophy down at the end. Um, there was flags born that day, and in those in those days, up until up until the mid nineties. Up until the er- early to mid nineties, you could actually change ends. So if rowers yeah, were, yeah, they'd walk down yeah, one, yeah. Half, one were, half, they'd be in one yeah. end, and they'd move down the other. You could walk down, you could walk down the side of Talca Park, or you could walk down the side of Daylymount. So you could, you could follow the team. Whatever goal you were yeah. attacking, you'd, you'd move down. And 
we, I, I think he still goes to the game. And I remember there's a fella, a fella who follows Rovers, and I'm nearly sure it's the man up the chimney. <laughs> in, in Poland and the view is coming T, out TJ and uh, TJ cleared the shed in one fell swoop that day literally just ran in cleared, cleared the, the whole shed, shed. They didn't know is that where that happened. song came from we I, cleared the shed yes, in a half in a, a minute. half a minute yeah I'm really sure that goes back to the end but uh, yeah there was there was a bit of bit of, bit of shite and shenanigans that day alright yeah but they made sure they, they ran the home that they'd won the cup at the end you know when there's a song coming from a particular incident it's definitely been an incident you know <laughs> But uh, what else we got have? Uh, what else we got have? We have, um, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about Pats and um, maybe a rhetorical question, but do you want them to go down? I do. I do as well. Oh, yeah. I really want them to go down. Are we in agreement, so yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Why it's, not? Uh, I mean, that never relegated flag, it just, you know, you know, it's just, they, they have to go down for that because they really, really just drove into us when it happened. Smug and for no reason, they just, isn't it really? Like, it's so petty because it, they're like bows, you know. They nearly care more about us than their own club. And I just can't wait for them to go down. To I wonder honest. what it's I'd like for them. them going down. Yeah, I really want them to go down as well. I'd agree with you, Dan. And the thing is, for what's it like to be a club who... Who doesn't really have a real derby? Do you know what I mean? They they yeah, don't. No, yeah. They've just been. They've just me? been a, a, a shadow to us, and all the years like where they were slightly ahead of us when we were travelling around, and we finally got Tala, and then, you know, it was it'd just be great to see them going down. I mean, they just for me, it, like I keep bows up, but for Pat's no way. I mean, I, really? I think yeah. we're <laughs> honestly, I. I I mean, you talk about next season, we'd have two home games against them. You talk about, you know, would you rather pass or would you rather play Waterford twice at home? But, I mean, it would be great to see them going down, at least for a year, because they just haven't shut up about it. Yeah. Mm. And I, where they are, I mean, they don't offer, I don't think they offer anything to the league. I mean, like, they Watch just... Watch that support dwindle. I mean, the first you know, game they had back after they won the league, they couldn't fill out their stadium. Yeah. I've never met so first many... Yeah. I've never yeah. met such a fan base where they're all claimed to be Pats fans, yet when they play their home games, there's six or 700 people at the game. I mean, there's probably more people claim to be Pats fans in the Submarine on a Friday night than there are <laughs> yeah, Pats fans so in Richmond Park. Book on, book on Pats have been a boil in their ass for the last few years. They have. <laughs> they have even, you know what? They have. In terms of, in terms of even signing players. How many days out have we given them? Yeah, yeah, the 5-1, no, no, the 4-0. No, yeah, I'm sick yeah. of I'm fucking sick yeah, of it myself now, really, yeah. And, and, and going back to the Bowes thing, I'd give me Bowes staying up any day, I'll be honest with you. I mean, really? You know, where would you be without your target? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. This is the yeah, irony about the whole thing. Yeah. Lads, lads are quick to say, like, you know, oh, I hope Bowes get relegated. What happens if Bowes get relegated and can't get, can't get back up again? Yeah. Yeah. you can't do anything about it. I think that. whoever goes you down it's out your hands, hands, yeah. hands yeah. it's out your hands until you get yeah. them in the cup and when's that going to happen you need and do you know what darks. that kind of thing might kill off a rivalry doesn't it well, well I mean you Swap look at the you shells. look at the Bows games this year right? exactly you look at the Bows games this year the crowds are up yeah you know so you know I mean they've been tasty affairs too this year yeah very, so, very much so very much we'll like, uh, give me that any day over yeah. we'll take a special hand to help relegate two different teams in one season Yeah, but if anyone can do it Killing Kill KB, oh, yeah. KB, you can do it. Yeah. Well, here I'd raise a glass to KB. Send them down. <laughs> yeah, we need a clink here. It's like a boil on the arse. A boil on the he's a boil on the arse. Humanity, something. that guy. We should have. We should have. We're gonna have our own Christmas party, but I think we should have a second Christmas party just to celebrate Sligo and Pat's going down. If that <laughs> oh, I'll tell you something. It's one thing about Pat's with them Sligo lads. Oh my God. I've never just I've never experienced such, such bitterness and just false rivalry in my life. Yeah, that, false like, rivalry, I just, like that. It's just looking at them going down now. It's like you know I can't even 
I can't even give them the two fingers now because they'd be gone <laughs> down unless we get them in the cup or something, which would be great. Smash them, but like it'd be great seeing them going down as well. Definitely. Yeah, they are. Galway have a bit of a revival. They got two wins. Yeah. I hope Galway stay. I thought they were doing them. To be honest, we we fair, on a from a personal level, personal note, we we friends in Galway. You know, we yeah. get on well with the Galway yeah. lads and. We're always made very well. Hashtag save there. the locker room. Yeah, well, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, that was that was a case of the guards not wanting that to happen. And big shout out to Ronan Coleman, you know, and for heavily involved in that club there, who persuaded. To let us in. At the last minute, he, that, that, you know, that we were all sound and he kind of put his neck on the line. He's fair play, you know, and, and I'm telling you, it's fellas like that who are credit to the league. And if we had a list of love, you know? if we had a list of yeah. love, he'd be straight I'm not on. Gonna too, I'm not going to get too. It's not like loved <laughs> up here, but I mean, like, I'd credit where it's you, you know. It's, it's, it's not even, I suppose, a list of love. Like, like they definitely look after us, but I mean, the majority of clubs they just treat us like animals. And when you look at that, mm-hmm. the Connacht, Galway, and Sligo, it's just such a far cry, polar opposites to how each of those clubs treat us. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. 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 I mean, and you know, we don't do ourselves any favours at times, but they, they, they nearly like they nearly set us up, you know, they nearly treat us in such a way that, you know, this kind of stuff happens, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Anyone, anyway. anyone remember the fence has been nailed up onto the walls in Longford and Sligo. Yeah. Caged in. Caged, literally caged, yeah. literally caged in and like John, animals. John, like you couldn't John even arriving in Sligo and telling them get that down and we're not playing the game, you know what I mean? Yeah. So to, to that effect, you know. I mean that's that's yeah. it. And every single time, you know, they set it up we just you know, that time where they put all the shite on the walls and Do you remember that? Yeah. And we yeah. all wore the Sorry, boiler actually, suits. No, yeah, suits yeah. That crap on the walls, there was shite, they put it on a bus or something. We still have that some stains day, on our flag from it. <laughs> I mean the next time when we went down the boiler suits it was absolutely hilarious. And the funny thing was, was the because because we were on the boiler suits, we actually we actually probably destroyed their away end and all other places yeah. like because all the shit from the wall yeah, went yeah. everywhere. And it was just worked out perfect. I think we still lost that. Do you remember day, the spontaneous yeah. song that came at that game? It was uh, Get Down On It. Do you remember? Get Down <laughs> oh, On It. Yeah. Dude, Shout dude, out that. to Barney, right? Barney. Was that Barney? Donnelly and Barney. Amazing away All, I, I still oh, remember just yeah. Barney doing the step forward, left foot, right foot, <laughs> going, in, going up and down the stand. And it was almost like, what you call it? The, the train. A big train started yeah. forming throughout yeah. the whole stand. And I think at this day... Now, we actually won that night. We did win. Wasn't that 2-1? That was 2-0. No, that was the, the Twig. 2-0, t- wasn't it? Didn't Twig score yeah. that amazing gra- gravity-defying... Yeah. I've never seen... Yeah. That just launched himself at it. I don't know how it went in. I don't know. I think it was Rogers He hit the bar. Ball. So, a cross came in. He, I think he headed it onto the bar. The ball came straight back out and he volleyed his own shot that came right back That's off the bar shit. into the yeah, goal with an outside of the left foot or something. Yeah. And yeah. We, I'm just looking at it and go, what the fuck? <laughs> Unbelievable. And then uh, the 17 minute, I think we got that uh, abandoned for about five minutes, wasn't it? Was it the 17 was minute? The, wasn't, wasn't that their homecoming? Didn't they win the league that day? Oh, yeah, was yeah. Was that the same game? Yeah. And well, they were... the, the game got abandoned for about five minutes in the 17 minute because 17 league yeah. titles. And the Rovers fans, obviously, all the flares, yeah, the flares, the yeah. smoke, and all. It was a great, yeah. great uh, uh, display. Yeah, so we owed them big time on Monday. Like I said, um, we we have to beat them out here. When's the last result we got out here, Carl? Well, last season, last season, two, two one, what two nil? Yeah, but other than that, it's been it hasn't been a happy haunting. That was our one win in the last yeah. ten mm. against Pats. It's one in ten. Wow! If you want to have an old cry there. <laughs> They really, really step up their game when they play. Oh, hundred percent. No matter what the circumstances, I mean, they, you know, they could they could beat us and then the next week they lose three 0 to Finn Harps. Like it's it's, it's mad. Like it's just, it's just 
every team that seems to play us they step it up but yeah. Pat's in particular and pa- Pat Flynn is uh, will tell you that's the truth he said every team he's played for yeah. that has played against Rovers they get hyped up big time yeah. Yeah, yeah, and let's yeah, do yeah. Rovers I hope Bradley and the players know how much we want this win they so must know there's five games left but this is the most important of the league I think I'll, as um, Gary Shaw says keep 11 men on the pitch yeah, yeah keep involved. 11 men on the pitch very and involved. I think no, Book Booko is the type of bloke who uh, the last couple of years you've seen it against us and they've his tactics they've targeted individual players on that pitch out there at Richmond Park they have done you know yeah they targeted uh, Sean Heaney that time Heaney that time was, yeah. tar- was targeted a big time and he fell for it you know unfortunately yeah. I mean? yeah. you know, Russell the the and do you remember when he uh, got the yellow right fair enough he had the yellow and when Conan Bourne was going for that ball and Sean Heaney was just about and it was plain as day he wasn't going to make it I was yeah. just I was standing there with Carl. I think I grabbed his hand. I was like, "Carl, yeah, it's coming." I'm looking around, and yeah. everybody knew the same thing. Yeah. And he just boom, straight away. Red the thing about that was, oh man, Conan Bourne, could have skipped that without a doubt. Conan he Bourne saw that and he it. jumped right into that tackle. That fella, that fella is probably. <laughs> There's a section of the show coming up that I'd love to add him to. Okay, okay, he's already okay. Maloney okay. yeah. well, has him on. Oh, he has him on. Oh, oh he's, he's already. already yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll right. tell you something about Conor right. Bourne. He's the yeah. he's the cutest winger yeah. I've ever seen. I would have. I think we missed the boat when we didn't take him from Fingal. Yeah. Do you know what? Though? I would have after, snapped him up after Fingal. He went to Shells and he was in the first division. And he had the long hair. The Premier. No, he had the slick back. Actually, I think they were in the Premier at the time, but he couldn't even get into the team. He was playing in a Leinster Senior Cup game, and I think Lark and Channing was on his on his side yeah, yeah. and he couldn't get into team the next year I think Buckley signed him for Pats mm. and from there on in he just he got really going good, again he? you know he's, he's, yeah. he's I don't really a player I would love to say he's one player that I think we missed the boat on top he's professional yeah, he's been the most consistent mm. non-Rovers player in the mm. last seven and a player years oh, without a doubt. and I never hear the end of it off that about that 4-0 I really don't there's Pats lads in work and they never never let me hear the end of it that's what I want them to go oh, down yeah. big time yeah. look if you do your talking on the pitch to make the list of hatred then you're a good footballer yeah true 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 true, true, yeah. true, true. yeah so uh, was uh, it was it 2007 6 oh, oh, sorry we won, the, we won the first division championship in 2006 so 2007 did we we played Pats and we were beaten 5 nothing towards the end of the season mm-hmm. and it was remember for different reasons. It just shows you the difference between the two clubs, right? right? Did Pats go on to make a video, or they claimed that they were they were making a video to to sell a celebratory? F- they were they were going to distribute this video amongst their own fans of that game. Five that five now. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah, surprise yeah. me, right? That that went around the time. I don't know how true that is, right? It probably isn't. But I remember that night we all went back to coffees and we all said, "Fuck it, let's have a fucking party." Yeah, we're back up. We went down, we got back up. There was a young team under Scully at that time. Scully was still there, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. And we done so we done we done very well that year, but we ran out of steam. Mm-hmm. Plenty, injuries were racking up and everything and all that stuff. So Robert's man just went back to copies that night, back for food and there was a massive sing song. After every, 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 everybody who was everybody and that just shows you that's why they hate us. Yeah. You wouldn't find that in your we're, we're we're prepared to kind of Okay, yeah, you lose five nil against Pats and Woods. Mm. You mark it, right? You mark it as an event, but not, 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 not for, not, not for, not to mark it to kind of goad somebody. But it was like an act of defiance that night. Fuck you on your yeah, five nil. Yeah, exactly. It, it'll be, it'll be yesterday's news. They definitely I mean? would have preferred us and to be 
sink oh, yeah, coin yeah. into our points. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And I think that's 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 the difference between us and a lot of these clubs out there. You know, similar to Cork last season, five down the cup. Yeah. Remember the atmosphere that built yeah, from that yeah, place yeah, was yeah, rocking. Even though we were being hammered. I mean, you, you saw the what was it this year? Four one. Yeah, Turner's Cross. Yeah, but fantastic atmosphere as well. You know Jesus, I mean? you know what? That's been the that was the best atmosphere all season. We didn't stop singing once. There was a lot yeah. involved in that. No fairness, Galway, Galway was the best result and the best trip, but that was the best atmosphere. Well, was that was that game a catalyst for something bigger? It might have propelled us on, didn't it? Because I mean, I, don't know. I think it, yeah. I think it did. I think so because we were really good. And no fairness, we battered them. Was what Brad said. We did play really well. I think we bad defending that night yeah, well, it really was, killed it us atrocious. from set pieces yeah. it was horrible I remember, remember we went 1-0 up and I was looking at the bet 365 and Cork to actually score for the rest of the game there was maybe 60 minutes left was something like 1-5 to one so to five. it was almost wow. just on paper it was nearly inevitable that they would they score, you know? score we wow. knew we were up against it and definitely we'd done a lot better than anybody expected us to do until that red card but it's just to show a defiance from the fans, you know, to kind of go down to a place like Cork, knowing they were well up against it. I mean, it was kind of... You can't even get a point in the pool because they shut their doors. You know that type oh, of thing they're dealing with? It's crazy. Yeah, I it's mean, crazy. we had... Yeah, yeah. The week before, I think it was the week before we played Derry, and sometimes we'd be running buses and we'd be saying, you know, is it a run or, or not, you know? It's crazy to think that you no. have to gauge the result beforehand a lot, it can be a lot of the for time for the post you know, the next but, week I mean League of Ireland fans are fickle in yeah. general but I'll tell you I'll tell, tell you one thing that, you know I, mean? I don't I don't know what it is now this year but win or not I mean Derry we, we 30 people for Derry and we only put the notice up the week of it and then the next week I was like right we lost 3 or 4 1 to Derry here we're not going to be able to run a bus it was 42 on that bus to Cork and I think it was yeah. on a Friday Yeah. and I couldn't get over it and we lost that night too, and I tell you something, was it was still bus. a great trip. It was, it was great a great trip. bus. Yeah, yeah, that's and, yeah, it was. But that it seems to be a little bit of a difference this year, you know, just in that defiance that you know, all in together. There's no, you, you don't walk away from these games with negatives, you know. You kind of walk you away see, with positives. You can see the camaraderie between the players, and you can see even even when even the Russian scud missile is out. The, <laughs> the, the Russian scud missile has been the it's been fired now as we speak. Yeah, Richmond Park. Jeez, do you know what? So many bad memories out in that place. It literally is a graveyard. It, it is, isn't it? The Kamak standing on the Kamak watching Killian Brennan play left full, getting smashed 5 1. Jesus, do you remember? And let's talk about, let's see if you can shed some light on this. Who locked Kenny out of the dressing room? <laughs> did he get locked out of the dressing room? And did it happen? This is quite the issue. It seems like he did. I think he did. It seems like he did. I, 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 we, all, we all heard he did. And look, I, look, looking back in the time, okay, certain teams were protected for certain reasons. And yeah. you can understand that. That's part of football. You can't just... Any inner sanctum of any football club who's gone through a tower time can't, can't just come out on Sky Sports News and say, well, yeah, yeah, we've made, we've made, we've made a, a, the wrong decision here or it's the wrong time for a bloke to come in and take over a club or this didn't happen or didn't happen. Mm. You don't do those things. You have I, to protect it. Try, you have to try and see can you turn it around. I think we were destined to fail that season. I really do. Because when you think about it, Kenny had blasted that actual team with Twig and Turner in it the, the year before because of the Zaid incident. Mm. Whatever he called them, we weren't sure. Either way, he was done for it. Chris Turner was done for it for whatever he was done for. So he blasted that. He inherited the team he blasted the year before he came mm-hmm. in. He was doomed from the get-go. Listen, that's right. I'm going to say it the now. The get-go. I'm going to say it now. I 
and there's, there's the few other lads, fewer lads have seen this. I, I went to a few training sessions in 2012, and I can tell you now, there was some players there that were there, and they turned into they turned into lazy lazy pricks. Yeah, they there did. you go, and and, and and yeah, they were going through the motions. Someone else players were going through the motions. Right, they shouldn't have been at the club at that time. I've they, heard there's a few off a few people as well. They they could have they should have been jettisoned. So that's just yeah. You know you see certain things. It was real. I felt it was a poison chalice for anybody coming in. I mean, straight after O'Neill. The irony, but the irony, the irony of being in the Europa League was that all the other clubs had that head start where we couldn't finish our season till mid December, and because of that, I mean, I remember a story of Kenny ringing up Jerry O'Brien to sign to get the right full position. Okay, okay. And Jerry O'Brien had literally signed for Pats. Either that day or the day before. Yeah, we, we just, oh, didn't he miss a phone call? There was nobody. There was nobody. There was nobody left in the league. That's why we ended up with Janssen and Gilbert, etc. He had yeah, to take yeah, those kind of this source shy thinking outside the box bollocks. I hate that shit, but I mean, <laughs> this perfect example where it didn't work, you know. But I mean, I remember I'm talking at the AGM about trying to get a keeper and. The price of trying to bring in a keeper from the conference was even nuts money, which so we, we probably on that. probably would have done it, knowing what was to follow. But you know, it's just those things where I mean, as soon as he came in, it was just it really was a poison chance. I mean, think about it. Like imagine Kenny left maybe Dundalk at the end of last season, and someone right. came in into that squad of players and just you know. Say they didn't sign any of their re-signed contracts, and then, yeah. you know the same thing probably could have happened there. That maybe is the difference why Dundalk are kind of finding their feet again now. You know that it all didn't go the shite. But here's the thing now at the moment with Kenny. Kenny's, I think Kenny might be losing that dressing room as well because you look at the amount of players that aren't signed up for next season. You've got Benson. Mm. I'm nearly sure McElhaney mm. and look at Gartland and mm. McMillan. That's the core of their squad right there who aren't signed up for new for new contracts. They're looking elsewhere. Yeah. And he spoke about mm. it as well. He spoke about it just before our game. Well, you see, mm. you see, any any side like that. I mean, look, there's no one to touch them, Doc, at the moment. And yeah. can, you, can you really see Cork coming back with a resource? I don't think so. I think I think there's just an interruption. I could see Dundalk going into one win the next three leagues. After it's very possible. Do you know yeah, that? That's what I can see. I can look, see them being a team being remembered to win, now, yeah, they? to win six out of seven. So what what do you think? What do you think goes through players' minds? Do I hang a, hang on here? And with the same old, same old, and growing out another three league medals, or do I? Am I young enough to maybe to try something else? Yeah, it's a tough else? decision to make as a player yeah, as well. As a player, you know, I know family <laughs> stuff and all yeah. is involved, and there's big decisions for young lads to make. But a lot of those players in there think they're good enough to play elsewhere. It's one of the reasons so hard yeah, to win three or four leagues in a row because the best players move on. Exactly, do, teams yeah. break up. Exactly, you need a settled team. And like one thing, I will hope for us as a squad and as a team, as a club in general, is that we do keep a hold of this bunch of players because they're a good bunch. Mm, yeah. But like we said at the start of the season on the podcast, we've got twelve players in, twelve players out, and people were in the terraces talking about success, talking about winning leagues. No, yeah. Twelve players in, twelve players out. It's insanity to think that you could do anything. We're actually punching above our weight right now. I, I think I think something that's worried fans is we we have done that every year since Kenny left where we've kind of made a new team and given a bit of time. It's been the same thing each season, hasn't but, it? But it hasn't worked, and it's not you know Groundhog Day with it. But the difference with Bradley bringing these lads in, you you can see you can see that we're going somewhere. Really, yeah, you know, it's really it, positive, isn't it? 
Yeah, and he's, like it's fun to be a player. Of he's out there getting yeah, the. He's, people have said that, and he's yeah. bringing in these players that you know they want to play for the club. They know they know the values of the club. Yeah. You know they know he signed players who, you know they they're not just comfortable sitting on a wage. You know? Exactly, and that's the biggest danger. And no. in this league, it's a small kettle of fish. You know, I yeah, mean, it's a small pound, you look at, at I say a big example that sticks out with me is Stephen O'Donnell where. You know the, Euro- the European bonuses come around, and all you hear are these rumors, and you hear Stephen O'Donnell every two lines. I mean, those kind of players you don't want. That to he did one thing with us, Stephen O'Donnell. Let's O'Donnell, be honest. O'Donnell's poison. One thing Sorry. with us, scored yeah, a penalty. One thing with us, he's, po- he's poison. Other than that, he did nothing. Wait, was, Signal was, was just not the reason why why Kenny dropped him. Probably was, was it? I'm yeah, not too sure. You'd be a bit more privy was, than us no, now. No, no, there was just there was rumors of goings on in the dressing room there, and yeah, you know, no, he's a money yeah. money wise, and he was supposed to be. St- Front and central in it now, yeah. you know. And fair play to him dropping them because you know it's something I don't think he did at Rovers with a lot of players. Yeah. Well, think about it though. Let's say he had to drop the perpetrators. We won't yeah, name anybody, to, but to, you know? with this certain thing, people to, referred yeah. to as God, he might have yeah. had to drop them. Yeah. Imagine manager, dropping him. Has let's to, let's has say manage, let's, let's say he had to drop Gary Twig because we know yeah. there was there was confrontation there. Gary Twig and Chris Turner. There was confrontation between him and Kenny. If he had to drop Gary Twig. Okay. He'd been right. chased out with talent. Okay. With, yeah. with like fucking Trump supporters with torches. He'd be chased out. Well, I have a story. Now, you can edit this out if you want. I'm going to say this now, right? It, it's up to you to decide where you want to put it oh, in. Well, if you're happy with right? it, Okay. So, my missus was... Uh, she was massaging for hours. Right. Right with the club. So, she was involved around that time. And on occasion, players would come around to the house. And particularly, you'd have the likes of Craig Sivez would, would, would struggle after games. Because yeah. he was just... He was one of those guys where he's, his calves... They'd be at him all the time, you know. Legs would be at him all right. the time, just from the physical throwing himself around. You yeah, know, you know. And Great uh, man, Sid. There's a few, the few, few of the players would come up at a time, and you'd often. I I, I work shifts, so I'd be there the odd time, you know. And she'd be working on one of the lads, and the others would be in the sitting room. We watching a bit of ball on the TV, and I remember one day, Craig Sivez, Stephen O'Donnell, uh, Turner, and Gary Twig turned up. And uh, of course, we were, was football on the TV and we were chatting away and I didn't know whether to bring up results okay, and the way yeah. things were going. Things weren't going particularly well. So we were talking, it came up, just came up. And I, I will never forget Chris Turner just saying to me, we have to get rid of him. Are you serious? We have to get rid of him. And that's what he said. That's what he said Kenny, to me. That we day. have to get rid of him. We Kenny. have to get rid of him. Well, wow. you know that, that, that sums that, it up. But that sums up the group, that group of players at that time. You know, Stephen Kenny is not a, he's not a bad manager. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, circumstantially, it might have been the wrong time. Yeah, hundred percent was hundred percent agree so, with you. Wrong, was. wrong time. Okay, fair enough. Right man, wrong it time. Was, it yeah. was just that group of players turned the poison. They yeah. they did they big did. time, and you can think right from from speaking to former players and that and likes of Bocker Bailey. We know what that's like. We know yeah. what he is. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a bit controversial, yeah. and he said that Mick O'Neill's man management. He tell it himself. He said he managed me to a T. Yeah. He said he knew how to manage players. Yeah. Mick O'Neill had that group. He molded them. He managed them, and he turned them into a league winning team. And I don't think anyone else could have done that with that team. And that's the struggle that Kenny had to come in and deal with. He had to come in and deal with these players who have success. And beforehand, they'd won leagues and things like that. And there's no way he was. He was destined to fail. These these lads are playing league of Ireland football, right? And all of a sudden, they're propelled into another stratosphere. No, we're not leaving players in Russia. Tra- sorry, we're you wait, wait, you yeah. Europa League players, exactly. now, my friends. You know, we should be getting, starting to smell themselves. Yeah, we should be yeah. getting three and a half grand a week. You know, so that's what you're dealing with. It. It's hard to manage that stuff. You know. Yeah, it is. It's a yeah. tough one. But listen, we'll uh, we'll move on, will we? So uh, we're going to talk about. We're going to get nostalgic now, Paul. 
And then we'll do we'll do you, Don, after this, right? No bother. <laughs> Uh, how did you get into Rovers and can you remember your first game yeah that's an easy one to remember um, I read in the, I was only I was 16 and I remember reading in the newspaper I was a big United fan you know TV United fan at the time and United, United were, were, were abysmal apart from winning a couple of FA Cups right. but they, they won the FA Cup in 85 so I read in the newspaper we didn't even herald they, yeah, United were playing Rovers at Milltown in a free season friendly you know would this have been the same season that Larkin yeah. scored against Arsenal? It was, and they it was yeah. There was, yeah. A, there was a spate of pre-season friendlies. Then they beat, beat Arsenal. Beat Arsenal 1-0, I think. Yeah, yeah bullet header, apparently. Yeah, yeah. No, I was yeah. telling us about that. And um, I, I was badgering me dad for the week. And I was like, can we go to the game? And he said, Look, let, leave with me. Let me see. I'll see what time I can finish work. So I think, I think it was a Thursday. It was, uh, it was August. It was the 14th of August, 1986. And it was a testimonial game for Shea Brennan, one of the Busby babes. Right. Shea Brennan, who played for Waterford United after right. after Manchester United, and uh, and he picked Rovers for a testimonial. Yeah, he, I, 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 I don't know the circumstances. Right. right. I honestly don't know the circumstances. I'll be honest, but uh, I remember he he came home the tours and he says, "Yeah, we can go to the game." And I was jumping around, big United fan, you know, got me a United scarf and all that shit. And of course, we went down anyway to Milltown and we got in and didn't know where to go. So saw the big long, along the big big long stand across uh, uh, lengthway along the along the pitch, which was the shed. Right. right. So I went in there and I remember walking up, and I can still see myself as a sixteen-year-old walking up there and me down up the steps into the back of the shed, and I just uh, you know it's the sea of people there, but just the pitch. Uh, the sun was shining that evening, and the pitch I, I couldn't get over. It was like it, it was it was fake. It was it that was really pristine. That good. Everybody was, says the that. The surface was was amazing. And again, you'll hear it. Everyone says it. It's like a snooker table. Yeah, you know. And that's that's what it was. And I remember I was standing there, and we were just in our positions. Was that many people? Those people on the roof. It was a, a great. That was a famous. Yeah. It was a famous thing because mm-hmm. Rovers played Celtic a couple of months later in the European Cup that year, and that was one of the things that was noted by the British press. That uh, the that lads was, on the roof. There was the lads on the roof. There was Union Jacks born, and there was about four thousand Celtic fans came over. But uh, but going back to that game, I remember I remember vividly. Um, I, there was a couple of players I wanted to see. Brian Robson wasn't playing that day, so but um, <clears throat> one of the bit I, I was a fan of Jesper Olsen at the time, right? You know, and uh, wispy Danish winger at the time. He played, so it was great to see all those players playing. But. Uh, Rovers steamrolled them that, that night and I mean absolutely steamrolled you know it. They, won, they, they won 2-0 and the low affair began low affair began Mick Bourne got, got the fourth one and I'm nearly sure it was Liam O'Brien got this pile driver Liam, Liam O'Brien was only a kid at the time and I think he was being watched he went on the sign for United he then. went on the sign for United I think United Ron Atkinson nicked him under the Watchful nose of Mick Mills, who was managing Middlesbrough. Oh, Stoke, yeah. Stoke City at the time. Stoke, yeah. Stoke were going to sign And uh, he, but he never, he never played. Fabulous, fabulous, yeah. fabulous game. I couldn't believe it when I walked. When I walked in, and I always remember. I don't know who it was, but I was standing there with my United scarf on, and uh, Liam O'Brien's goal within the placement Belubus, and this old man turned around to me and said to me, "That's who you should be following, son." Uh, and I will, you remember ne- that? I will never forget it. I will never forget it. So <laughs> it's that's still with you. That's the and story. Still with me. Yeah, that's that's basically the fairy yeah. Dan, you know? give us yours. Your first game, then. My first game, two thousand four, shells against Rovers. 
and at the time it was the madness of Europe with shells and I don't know what it was but the season of Deportivo wasn't it I, I absolutely loved the European games and they're the ones that me dad and my uncle brought me to and my dad no interest my uncle was brought me along but he was all the time he was banging on saying you're overs it's in your family Yeah, that's who you're going to be following and just through the years then after that it was just keeping tabs on the stadium and I mean I was probably remember one day there was friends of my family who were over and there was one of the fellas he's a big Rovers fan he says to me uh, do you have internet on your laptop I said yeah he says put up the Rovers and I was like what's going on I want to see if the it was the Thomas Davis oh, yeah. thing was passed any developments and uh, it got read and he was out and I could see him jumping around and I was like Jesus Christ I said listen when it's up you have to you have to bring me like yeah because I'd, I'd love to see it in Metalla and I remember a few weeks later a crane went up and I I, I was in uh, I was in Old Bond Community School right beside and uh, I r- ran over to have a look and it was a fucking Maldron getting built like, <laughs> but it was a few months later after that again they went up and uh, as soon as they went to Tala then that was, it was history from there for me you know probably 2010 then I started going to Tala Hoops and uh, John Connolly just, I just said to him could I go to a match he said yeah I'll look after you and all this and, uh, the enthusiasm of others helps massively oh, though, just, but the thing was I, I had to bring myself to the games and I was 13 yeah. the first game in Tala it's quite daunting as well you yeah. know, going to games not knowing anybody as yeah. well I completely understand because like and, I said the enthusiasm is but like from out. there I mean like most people at the time, when you look at Rovers from the hardcore, they all kind of found Rovers through their family, you know? Yeah. But, like, it was just one of those things with Tala. It kind of brought more people along. But it's just from there, it was just, I mean, it was just brilliant, you know? And those years that followed, I mean, I don't know how anybody wouldn't be supporting them for the rest of their life in some sort Yeah, of way, I know. You know? It's, it's uh, the way, I, like, I remember Carl said to me, I was I was dragging them along. Like me and Carl have been friends all our lives. We pl- we used to follow Glen Glenmore Don Drum out the back of the field there, in the, the where the Carroll Gym is. Carl used to watch them. We used to go out with them. We play football constantly till the dark, t- till it got dark, and then we'd be out on the road. We'd be doing all sorts, but we always had interest in football. Absolutely yeah, obsessed. Yeah, yeah. Both of us loved Man United. Carl loved Inter Milan. I loved Dortmund. We all had teams that we followed, right? Yeah, yeah. We never had a we never had a home. We never, we never mm. found anywhere mm. to follow League of Ireland. We just didn't have yeah. anyone to show us, didn't right? So, Palamoyne, Kenny Barrett. Kenny Barrett's always getting shows out. Dan's laughing here because <laughs> whenever <laughs> people look at Kenny, they laugh. Oh, God. He was banned on the, on the Gertie Twig for all. I heard oh, you hey, reinstate no, him. No, it was funny, right? I heard you reinstate him. It, it, was fu- no, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Right? He, was on, he, was, he, was, he was on the bus. He was on the, he was on the bus to Linfield. Now, as, as we were talking to James Cook about this last week after the... After the, the EA Sports Cup final and James that rightly said to me I think there was shenanigans on every one of them buses that went up that day and I was like and he was just he was hassling the bus driver and he was pissing he was, he was just like you let me off here can you let me off here you're not going to let me off here you're an old bollocks you let me off here, me off here. And, he was, and he came up to me there he came up to me there a while ago and he said to me Remember that bus I was on, the Linfield bus? I'm terrible sorry for all that. That's good. We were like, good forget about it, will you yeah. for fuck's sake, you know? He's a good old skin, and he got me involved. His enthusiasm, right? I swear to God, the amount of times I cover for that guy and more. He'd, like the boss, he'd, the boss would be saying, Jeez, where's Ken? And Kenny would be texting me saying, Listen, just tell him I'm on the way. He'd be in, he'd be in Talca, you know, yeah, he'd be on yeah, the muck yeah, of Talca. Yeah, yeah. And his enthusiasm just rubbed off on me, and he said, Listen, girl, I'm dragging you to games. So I got hooked. So I had to bring Carl along. Carl said, Oh, yeah, my catch the game. I said, Carl, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. And 
finally happened then we're here now you're that's right it. you're right yeah. that's it was a great hoop it, let's raise a glass to uh, yes. Kenny B Kenny B here we go Glasgow Hoops you're gonna love this everyone in the local will be hearing this now won't you oh god I think he's, think he's still getting over that night in Prague. Oh, I think I hope so. <laughs> Eight in the morning. And it was like, Kenny, did you get home? Yeah, but I left at nine in the morning. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the club's still open then. And now, lads, do you or did you follow any other football teams besides Rovers? Do you keep tabs on anyone else? Uh, like myself. I yeah. like Roma. Ro- I like Ro- Roma. Roma, I, I do, yeah. Uh, I keep tabs on... PSG, not so much now. I'm not really too much of it. The money club yeah. now. It kind of turned you off, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I went to a few games a few years ago and it was really enjoyable. And then the, the old Daryl, their Bologna boys got banned and they kind of turned everything sour. So I don't really bother too much. It would be it would be Roma. Roma would be the main the main. And Hibs, of course, from the lads. Of course, Hibs. They yeah, have yeah, to get yeah, a show out. Up. Hibs, yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, Neil and Charlie and Dave and the boys from. Uh, uh, the How did that come about? Because that's that's quite a cool connection. We were good lads as well, was, you know. It was a thing. It's it's it started. It really started in two thousand and nine, and when O'Neill took over, um, I think Mark 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 Battle had a hankering to go, and Mick got him the tickets, and it it just. It, just propel itself from there, you know. Yeah, I mean? Mick got the tickets. That's pretty Mick, cool. Mick got the tickets. Well, Mick played. Mick's an ex hips. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? And then it just kind of propelled itself far from there. And it was myself and himself would go over, you know, and, and just lay on fire. Just, just lay on fire. And Mark, Mark wrote Jay into it. And of course, Jay, Jason McLean. How are you, Jay? Jay, uh, Jay, <laughs> Jay is uh, you know a historian. You know what I mean? And, and James Connolly is a big, big part of his. You know. He, Jay is the all-knowing encyclopedia. Yeah. Ah, Jay is great. And with the link, Jay became massively interested in that kind of thing. And Jay came with us and just fell in love with the setup, you know. And it, as I say, it just grew legs. And it's, yeah. It is where it is now, you know. And like it's like like the the people take the piss and they say, "Oh, football friends," but it's real. <laughs> that is real. It genuinely is real. Well, well, I find that you follow, you know, the teams you play in Europe, right? Say, for example. And say you, you meet you meet a couple of lads over there and you kind of become friends or whatever for for the couple of days or whatever. Yeah. Or you exchange scars or whatever and you kind of you kind of watch for their results for a little while to see how they're doing. And <laughs> yeah, if, you if, do. if Rovers go out to a team and you're boy, I always like to follow their results afterwards to yeah. kind of see was it was it was it a blip or yeah. or, 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 or did we deserve to go out, you know what I mean? I, I kind of like I mean Take for example the Rops team. Let's forget about that. I mean, geez, geez. Rops are a two-bob team, you know. They were hammered the next round. You're talking about a side right that a player left to become a shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact. This is a fact. This is a fact, right? One of their players was getting paid. It was a it was a midfielder, and he was getting paid two. He was getting paid two grand a month, and he said it wasn't enough, and he left. Jeez. He left to. He wasn't given proper guidance. Was no, he? Just. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of one. I was trying to think of one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. You're quicker than me, though. That's a fact. That's a, a fact. Shepherd. You, know. <laughs> you were going on about stats on Pat Fenlon. That's the, to me, the like, first thing I thought of when you were talking about negative stats, that's the ultimate negative stat. That is. Imagine that's, that's that. the toy. One, the one toy in, in Europe that I've ever bore witness to that we should have gone through when we should have been playing mm. in that round against Locomotive in that next round. Mm. We should have. We should have had a yeah. pop. We should have been going to it. Was Croatia, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I think it was. Zagreb. That's where we should have been going. I mean, imagine us sitting here, his, right? His, his negativity in that home leg. And yeah. Time, it was absolutely it was crazy, yeah. And it changed the whole course for, for, for a lot of yeah. lads. And Brad's are, in fairness to Brad's are, we almost done it. I yeah, mean, absolutely. I've never seen a team completely implode slash yeah. shit themselves until <laughs> Highland just... He gifted, gifted them he gifted that goal, goal yeah. absolutely clanger. Yeah. It wasn't even that. It was like it was few just, in him as well, hadn't he? It was just yeah, the circumstances had, of the goal that just you knew the toy was over when that happened, you know, because mm. we we threw everything at them, you know. We did, and unfortunately because of that, I, I I honestly think we could have gone on. I mean, I remember we were I think we we're fifteen to one or something to actually qualify going into it we're in not. the first place, and. Jesus. It was I we could have definitely done it, but I mean the first leg it just if you lose two 0 at home in a tie like that, ah, you look, just that, 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 that shoot yourself the in the foot, that, you know. That toy was there with a the take and if he had been positive and had a you know, got there <laughs> well, right, ahead, he, he wasn't that guy, he was yeah. just yeah, he would have been happy enough with a nil all draw taking it away and getting a one all draw over there and end the story, you know what I mean? You can't you really can't be on the back foot when you approach European ties. No, I mean no. your first leg, regardless of where you are, it really does dictate how the toy is going to finish, you know. Really good. We went know. to Iceland that time. I mean, the attitude we had mm-hmm. to actually go at them. And I don't think they expected us to play like that, you know. we. No, they didn't. And, you know, we probably let ourselves expose once or twice, but it, we got the 1-0 in the end because of that, you know. I nearly put them in the same bracket as Rops because they were yeah, yeah. too bob, yeah. like, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, they lovely yeah. and they treat as well. Yeah. nice, But they were just part-time. They weren't well, great as, as I say, the likes of Rops, the Rops, Rops have a budget of, of around... They have a budget of around a million euros a year, but yeah. that's for everything. Absolutely, that's, everything. That's for the senior team. It's for the under, the, the reserve sides, for the women's team. It's for it's for it's for everything. They're a, they're a proper sports club. Yeah, as you say, it's not it's not a million euros for the men's first team. You know what I mean? So that's you know. Yeah, you can imagine we should have pushed past them. Imagine the travel costs. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That train, they did, they do that overnight train. Oh, you the way you got to Rops, what was Jesus? Oh, Jesus Come on, man. give us a quick rundown. I remember this. I remember following this on <laughs> Facebook. This was brilliant. There was all sorts going on: trains, planes, automobiles, need, need, carts, and jockey backs, and everything. Need, I needed it. Cancelled. Yeah, what? It got cancelled, didn't it? So, like, obviously the airport was closed, and uh, to see these U flights that go on with Fly SAS. So I just threw it in to see the closest I can get to Rovaniemi by doing these student flights so I fe- actually found a handy one out the Tuesday where I flew to Gothenburg and then I flew on to Helsinki and when I got into Helsinki about 11 and 12 at night there was an 8 o'clock flight down up to Awulu which is about 2 hours away so it was all going to plan and about 2 in the morning I was supposed to actually when we were, when I was in Helsinki there's these kind of pods that you go in to sleep at night that oh, they have great. right and uh I walked up and I said to him, how are you? And he just goes, shh. And I was like, oh, fuck, sorry. I was like, there's about 50 people sleeping in these pods. <laughs> oh, like, brilliant. Christ. I've never seen that uh, like that now. So I said to her, um, do you have any free? And said, did you put in a reservation? I said, I couldn't find any on the side. So mm. that was out the window, booked out. Had to sleep on a bench. It was about two in the morning. I looked up at the screen and uh, there was a load of flights went up, cancelled. Oh, and I was no. like, I don't believe this. Now it was about a 12-hour drive from Helsinki to Oulu and I had about six points in me as well. <laughs> so I wasn't going to rent a car and I was like, what am I going to do? So there was a train that left at six in the morning that went to Oulu and then you got a switch onto Rovaniemi. So I had to take that. So it was probably about two uh, two, uh, two days travelling in the end. But uh, 
What made it worse was when I got on the train, they actually put me in the animal compartment. <laughs> a lot so, of goats. So the whole way up, I'm, I'm, si- I'm sitting meet, there. You didn't meet that shepherd, did you? <laughs> the whole way up. That must have been a bad experience, oh. wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. But uh, I was sitting there in the corner, just with my arms around my bag, thinking I'd be robbed or something. And then all the while, there was there was... There was one point where I got actually fell asleep and I woke up and there was two dogs barking at each other in cages. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't believe this, but... I mean, we got there in the end and I probably only got there about 15 minutes before the charter. No way. Arrived. Jeez, you did well. But, I didn't um, you got there anyway. Yeah, got there in the end, straight on the bear. Couldn't even go to bed. Yeah, I know. Sure, why not? Well, uh, an hour into the show. Let's talk about last week's game. Yeah, an hour <laughs> in, yeah. <laughs> In between peanut butter Oreos and caramel milk and Russian scud missile beer. Yeah, so we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about the 4-1 Harps win. Uh, 4-1, Carl and Ollie Horgan was banished to the stands for this one, sitting out there. He was on his own behind the dugout. Da- gas man, just feet up, chilling. He was just having a having a great time. At least he was wearing shoes this time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, by the way, uh, Dan's drinking... Sterile problem from our lovely, lovely sponsors at Cario oh, in Penny Hill. It's from Kenny B's uh, hometown. Yes. <laughs> New hometown. Sterile, where? Prague? Prague. There we yeah. go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still drinking Russian Scud missiles. Jeez, uh, Kenny Carla here waiting on Paul. Kenny's getting more shout outs than the Gary Twig SC <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Ollie Horgan was in the stand. Lovely fella, chatted away to uh, quite a lot of Hoops fans as well. So he, he's a lot of time, not ignorant or anything like that, which a lot of managers could come off like, so... We forgot that Aaron Bulger was suspended, so me and Carl both had him in our team, which says a lot about the guy, to be honest. But we were picking our teams last week, we both had him in. Um, Brads have made four changes from the League Cup final. League Race and Gary Shaw were back in as expected, and uh, Lukey Bourne and Cameron King started. So, Carl, we had a minute's applause for Jimmy McGee as well. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it was a and nice the, touch. The memory man. This will make you jealous, Gary. Go on. McDara in the press box received some Huberman chocolate. He did not. He did. And look at all the chocolate we're here. We're devouring the chocolate here. I remember those chocolate bars that came out. There is chocolate ago. inside of Tata Stadium. This proves yeah. it now. There is, yeah, officially. I'd love to have my own chocolate brand myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, so we're going to talk about... So Brads made changes. The minutes applause for Jimmy. And we had a 1-0 Shaw's Poacher's goal. So we went 1-0 up. It was very Twig-esque, I thought. Shaw, first goal scorer, just like he said he would. Yeah, and he said it, and he pounced on it in the box. And uh, did you see Shaw's ping to Madden? That beautiful pass that just stayed yeah. in, and he ended up getting the cross in. Like, uh, it was stunning. It was beautiful. So Shaw's is going to like that one. Assist from King from that goal. Yes, so King's off the, off the mark with uh, his creative juices are flowing. We have, uh, Carl, you thought it could have been five and a half time. Yeah, Finn had a free header, went over. Yeah, Mia laid the pulse. Shaw hit the crossbar. There was a lot of chances, wasn't there? Shaw was sure on goal to make a three 0 to deliver on his prediction. He he said he'd and scored he the first and the third, and he tried to round. He was going the through his head. He thought, "Oh, podcast." He's like, Garen Tried Carl, to go around the keeper. Garen Carl, they need they yeah. need this. <laughs> All he had to do was shoot. And he just forgot to shoot. I know. Yeah, but in fairness, it looked like he was going to round them because he has the pace and. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I I can't remember the last time someone rounded a keeper one on one and tapped it in. Dying art. Players, yeah, players it is, isn't it? Players isn't it? Isn't it they take the safe option. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I I applaud them for trying it because I thought oh, it's just a little bit different trying to round and get the tap in. It's a nice thing to do. I, I like it, but it didn't work out for him. I ran into uh, Bartley Ramsey at halftime. Remember uh, him? Bartley's a good yeah. lad. Yeah, he actually had a, an article in our program. Yeah, he was like, "How are you not five up?" Oh. 
That's my best impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carol, that was terrible. You sounded live when you heard the halftime score on Bunkrana. Yeah. Dairy 3-0 down. Ah, it's nuts, isn't it? Crazy. What's going on there? I don't know, man. It's... We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that. We'll come to that. But that we have what the second goal, Brando. Um, me and you were just walking back from uh, the Glenmalore, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, I had a feeling. And we stopped and we said, Brando has a free kick. I had a feeling he'd score. I was nudging you. I was like, like Gary, check this out. Here. And he just buried the top bins, as the kids say, or as Jaden says nowadays, top bins, dad. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> top bins. I don't know what that means. So there was nobody stopping that one. Um, and, uh, and Mark Mark Welsh pointed out that it's two years ago today. That Brando signed a two-year contract. Oh, so he's up, up for renewal. Mm-hmm. I think we have to tie him down. Mm-hmm. As much as we we do give out about his inconsistency at times, he's a stunning, stunning he player. He can for turn league. it on when he wants. Ah, he's amazing. He's fab- absolutely fabulous. Take what? Remember his four season, Paul. Just oh, he was fucking unbelievable. We, we we said this already, right? He disappeared for a while there. Yeah, you know, and everybody was even asking, "Where's Brando?" Even when, he, even when he was on the pitch people were where the hell is Brandon yeah where is he so it just shows you how much of an effect he had on a game when he was playing well that people actually you know some players go through games go through the motions they're not missed he's missed you know he's crucial in oh, that, without in a doubt and I, like I said we, we always have this, this, uh, the discussion about his preferred role I think the mm. number 10 is paired for him yeah. but then you have Bork who's fantastic in that 10 role as well who's unfortunately injured at the moment but mm. that 10 role is is coveted in a team I think it's it's your it's your focal point of where you start and begin and I mean look Brando I, and Bork two choices yeah. look at the choices you have it's, there it's one position we've actually never struggled with having yeah. good players mm, I very mean, true you had McCabe mm. Finn like that year even under Kenny we had Finn playing in behind Daryl Cavanagh and Twig and Jesus yeah. he, that would be his best season of as career, mad as I'd he say. was Daryl Cavanagh had a lot of talent as well and you know he, he it, never, it never kicked he off didn't he yeah. I think, he um, had his problems you know, yeah true uh, where is he playing we had him we had him last year. oh week. yeah um, Lansdowne Boys Lansdowne Boys or something like that he's off in America Jesus. but uh, yeah Trevor Clark won every kick so his ever increasing fell count yeah he's, uh, he was, I thought he was excellent in particular I mean his tracking back and his tackling he made one last ditch tackle at one stage and was excellent excellent so he is improving which was one thing that we weren't too happy about at the start of the season was his tracking back and his tackling and his defending in general mm. we thought that might have been a problem I think, he, I think he, he learned an awful lot about himself and his own game in the, the, two, the two games against Milan and Boleslav he was up that full back he was up against tore him to shreds mm. in Tala and uh, he, uh, he I, I think he was brought crashing back down to earth with that I think so and you know what in, apparently in terms, of, in terms of how what level he has to aspire yeah. to get to, to be to make to make himself something say for example okay the UK or whatever yeah where it's rumoured that he could be going you know so he could have been thinking to himself he could have been smelling himself thinking I'm yeah, doing well I here think, but then I, he was brought I down agree, to earth yeah. I think it was t- yeah. it was tempered by that you know and he he was facing you know closed doors for a lot of those games yeah. you know routes were being shut off he was getting dispossessed and you know it, it was good for the kid I think I think so yeah. it's a learning experience it's a learning curve yeah. you know that's what it is there was a back heel at one stage from Brando in the game did you see it the ball just broke and he back heeled it he was in an impossible position in the middle of like three or four players he had a great game he back heeled it and it just it, we kept possession I, I'm not sure who picked it up but I, t- I think I turned to you and I said that was gorgeous <laughs> that was unbelievable. Seriously, it just, just see a it. moment in football. Jerry just, just see that bit of play, just go ah, oh. oh, exactly that noise where you just go ah. Oh. There was another one in the game as well from doing on top of that in a while, but 
We had the Skill Street soldier banging in the third and the fourth. So sixth and seventh goals from the bench, Carl Murray. Yep. And Baum coming in with the stats now. Super sub. Ah, oh, he skinned that defender for the fourth. And I honestly think that defender's still lying down in Tallis Stadium now. And he's lying down, he's like, oh my god. I, I can't get up. He's he some, was skint. Uh, the, the, the speed of him, just kind of flat footed, is unbelievable. Yeah. Like how he, just how he moves off the ball, just stops right now doing it. Doing yeah, it, yeah, doing yeah, it. Just and he nutmegged <laughs> someone as well. And it was similar to the first time touch that Brando just took, we just spoke about. Mm. And he nutmegged him, and everybody just went, same thing again. We just went, oh. He rarely misses a chance. Like, he's genuinely lethal. He's lethal. He's from from seven goals from the bench. Only player I can compare him to is from what I've seen on TV or whatever, players in the flesh. Kane Daglish. Yeah. Same build, right? Really? Same build. You don't know whether he's skinny or pudgy or what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you don't yeah. Know. And you're kind of looking at this lad going, nah, he, do, he doesn't look He doesn't look much anything. And that torn against Cork City. Only yeah. one player ever seen him doing that kind of torn, Stunning. spinning. Pretty much did it again. On, on, the on, twist on, on, on the he turn. He pretty much did it again. Just, just, for the just, just repeated. Daglish was notorious for that. Your man was left on the ground. He was notorious for it. See, here's the thing about doing it, right? Is... Is he our David Fairclough? <laughs> David Fairclough, I remember younger, him, yeah. younger kids might have to Google that. I remember David Fairclough. But the thing is with, with Duna, we spoke to Shawzy last week and we said, right, worst trainer, James Duna. Is that the reason he's not playing? Maybe. It could be. Maybe. Is his attitude, is his application? He's got seven goals from the bench. That's a lot. Unless well, everyone's well, a really good trainer, he's only pretty good. Yeah, maybe, so we don't know. We don't we know don't what know, it is, you know? know. Yeah, too, take it with a pinch of salt. Too many yeah. selfies on Instagram and young ones following him, you know? That's it, yeah. Buying all these expensive Balenciagas, so, shoes ban, and all. Ban the young lads from social media, you know? You see the difference. He's, he's, a, he's a huge asset to the club. I think so. I'd hate to see him leave to get forced in football somewhere else because he's just... That's kind of people's fear. It is a fear. You just want to be on the bench. Yeah. But I think he's enjoying his time. You could see he was lapping up. Like he had the hands out and they were yeah. saying they were singing his name and he was just like, This is unbelievable. I'm loving this. He yeah. you could tell like he, he wasn't mean, celebrating the full time whistle again though. No. <laughs> but that's that's the thing, like when he celebrated that time he thought the game was over. That's all of what he's about. You but know he's a great I mean? lad. He like, he's a great lad. He's the first one to come in when we're doing questions from the East End. He's a great lad. He's a bit of crack. Yeah. He's slagging people, he's good around the dressing room. You can see he's a good lad. So I'm hoping yeah. that he improves yeah. and we can yeah. start get starting place soon yeah. enough, you know? Yeah. But uh, Carl, what about the four? What about the, the goal we conceded? What do you think of it? It was a uh, BJ Banda. It was very. I thought it was very disappointing. Yeah. It was one of those goals where our players get complacent. They're winning four 0 It was a bad lapse. Yeah, a bad lapse of concentration. And I'd say Brazza would have been furious. I would have been furious because it was just a true ball. He took one or two touches before he even got into the box, and he and he buried it. Kind of hit off Tom or torso before it went in. It was a it was a bad goal to concede in a four 0 win, which should have been a four 0 win, mm-hmm. and four one it ended up because. I, I don't like conceding like that should have been a clean sheet does have the greatest name in the league though BJ, BJ Bandit yeah. I'll do the, the goal difference world ago though because going into Monday's game we're on plus 8 same as Derry we were minus maybe 2 weeks ago were we? yeah one too bad. we're on 0 for ages yeah. and, and what there you we... go Paul Paul is cracking <laughs> open a Sanctomer even if you do it there it's very loud a no san- need to go there <laughs> <laughs> Paul has a Sanctomer 8% courtesy of Cario Pennyhill Lucan I know Pat Kilmartin is salivating now with the <laughs> Yeah. He loves his crafties. Yeah, he was milling the IPAs in Reykjavik. <laughs> yeah, so what else have we got, Carl? We had uh, the PA, Carl. You said that uh, I didn't notice until you told me there was no goal announcements. That was a strange one. Mick Cairns wasn't there to... Man- Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember the last few goals anyway being announced. No, I don't. I didn't remember either. It, did, it, it wasn't... Uh, I don't think it was announced, so... Um, 
He goes and now even down to the seventies games. So yeah, sure there was just something. Maybe maybe it was just us. I don't know. But in, in the Jacks well for five goals, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, what else we got? We have Dean Carpenter coming on for his league debut, Carl. So we have to quiz him now. Yeah, because he made a league appearance. Yeah. yeah, He was. Uh, he he offered to quiz me for money last time when I was quizzing the lads. That's he not said, how it "What works, are you Dean. doing?" I says, I'm, "I'm quizzing the lads," and he said, "You want to quiz me?" I said, uh, "I might. I might eventually." He goes, "I'll do it for hundred euro." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay, Dean." <laughs> Quite an intimidating lad. Uh, what else we got we had Paddy McCart silky skills were on display again the way he strokes the ball around the field the way he actually kicks the ball it's just so smooth and technically amazing and he tried his trademark run we can confirm that he was indeed at it again yeah he was his yeah. uh, trademark Maisie runs he was crowded out though Pico shut him down in the end yeah I know we had, I reckon I reckon Bradza said listen when that guy even starts to dribble you double team him and then when your double team doesn't work you get someone else behind him just to, to make sure he doesn't get in so much ability I mean what happened with him you remember him with Brett, with Rowers did, did he not have did he not have a problem a physical jeez it could have been did, was, was it, it, it could have been was it him who had the was it not a lung problem or something I'm he, not too sure when he was with, when he was in one of the lower leagues in the UK maybe Barnsley or something like that yeah, I, I'm not too I'm sure I'm really sure you'd have to clear it up with a couple of lads but I think Rockdale. there was some if my memory is not too badly off I thought there was some kind of he had some physical mm. I'm not problem. too sure now, but I'll, he, I'll, he definitely I'll, had a lot of problems trying to get fit yeah. when he was with Celtic Yeah, and it just seemed every time Celtic could bring someone off the bench straight away he was the first guy to bring on you know yeah that bit but of magic don't, you think he struggled to start games yeah, I mean, look, Billy Boy summed it all up. I mean, he, the video's there for all to see, you know, that, <laughs> the game against Bray that time. You know, Where at, Trevor Malloy throws his hands up in the air and just... Ah, just and yeah, Trevor actually spoke about just, that. Yeah. Before we even uh, coaxed him into talking about yeah, it, we were he, bring it he spoke about his reaction. He says, my reaction, I said, I couldn't believe it. Were you and, at that game that day, the 3-2? Yeah, yeah, it was that, yeah. Oh, yeah, no yeah, way. Unreal. unreal. It's a, Come on, tell us about you it. Just, you just pay, I mean... Jaw dropping stuff. Just it's jaw dropping when you see a player just that natural flow when a guy just has a ball at his feet and just it's just there. It's like there's a magnet on his boots and it's exactly no, what it's no like. one can come near him. You know what I mean? And it, yeah, I find that when players go around two or three players like that, the rest of the defense just stands off. Yeah, well, if they, if, if they're not able to get, they're not able. First time I ever saw a player, first time I ever saw a player doing that was Ricky Ricky Villa for. Ricky V for Spurs City and you could see that the rest of the City defence was backing off and that's mm. what happens you know the terrified of going in and fouling these that's guys that's what it is because yeah. it's in the back most of, head, of the time yeah. players don't dribble with the ball they yeah. just look and give an it's option terri- sure it's terrifying you know but the funny I was a few weeks ago when we played Cork and Mila scored that goal on the tour and that great build up play where Clark had the ball for ages then Mila put it in the corner you should see Gary Shaw's reaction because when I seen his reaction in the highlights, I never saw this. it reminded me of Trevor Malloy when he threw his hands up after McCarr scored against Bray, where he was just like, "Cannot believe we just we just scored. We <laughs> I just know, had yeah. that. We just scored from that bit of play. Like it was just unbelievable." There was, a, there was a game up in Sligo when he was under when Roddy Roddy signed him, and uh, there was it was was it a preseason friendly? I was I, I can't remember now. And Roddy just shouted over to us, "Wait to see this fella." 
this fella's got me bleeding deadly. Yeah. yeah. This, 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 this fella's real. Oh, yeah, this really? is real. Yeah, right, you know. And McCart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the rest was history, as they say. Could you imagine someone like Michael O'Neill had him under his wing rather than someone like Roddy at the time? Oh, my God. At the time when we, were, yeah. when we were building that team. Jesus Christ. He'd be a superstar. He well, really I suppose he still went down eventually to do it, but... Yeah, so other performances, we had Madden. Crossing was the, probably the best. Carl, you were salivating over this. I thought he, I thought he was possessed by someone else, to be honest. Because mm. he put in six or seven quality crosses. Usually he cuts in onto his left and, and I was like, floaty in, doesn't he? I was like, who are you? Yeah, what was going on? His, his crossing was stunning. It was unbelievable. Like I said, usually he cuts in, crosses a floaty in on his left. But uh, no, he was really, really good. And, um, and then three assists and counting for the king. Yeah, the king has another assist. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I thought Pico and Grace were a great double act again I thought they were really good together mm-hmm. they're starting to I mean Webby has his, has, a, has a big job on his hands to get his, his place back in that mm-hmm. team he's more weddings from uh, Simon Madden yeah I mean Simon can just walk back in after going on the piss on a wedding you know <laughs> I don't think he, did you hear him when he talked about questions did you hear questions from the East End he goes these are very cheeky questions <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, King what do you think his best position could be I know we haven't seen much of him I don't think he's a natural winger. I think he could be like a central no, midfielder or a yeah, 10 I like creative him in the player. Yeah. I think his vision is very good. Mm. Yeah. He sees passes. He, he doesn't like to give away possession. He sees passes other players I don't see. A, I think that's what he was signing for, to be honest. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think so. Right. So we have Keane McMahon. Uh, he had some comments. He said, One of my favourite moments of last night's game didn't actually involve any of the goals. It came from a brilliant bit of link play from our number 10 on the night and our centre forward. Brando played a lovely pass with the outside of his right foot into Shaw onto the edge of the 18. Shaw, whose link play with the midfield seems to be getting better every week. Yeah. Uh, flicked the ball on his instep back into a stride of Brando when he stroked the ball beyond the Harps keeper and unluckily onto the post. The move was sharp, clever and a thing of football and beauty but unfortunately it didn't result in the goal. More of this please as it's a pleasure to watch. And that that's one thing that I noticed Carl that uh, we, we actually played some really good stuff. We did. We carved teams open at times. We just seem to be creating more and more chances as the weeks go on I with know, these kind of it plays. Really is. You know? and, and my fear, well not my fear, I don't think we'll lose that many players but we will trim the fat as I said before. I'm hoping we keep certain players. I, there's no way we're going to lose the core. Nobody will leave Rovers. It's too good of a deal. We can. You've, you've got your, you've got full time football. You've got amazing setup. Rovers are the team to be on the next ten years. Obviously, we might sound biased, but from looking at the structures that we have, the roadstone, everything that's going on with the club at the moment, we are the club to be at in the next ten years. From from grassroots right to senior level. We played some beautiful stuff that night. It's a, it's a pity that not many people were there to see it. Yeah, it was a poor crowd. Because I said that was only a little over a thousand. Yeah, stayed vocal, but in fairness, I mean, the East End tried their best. But, I mean, people tend to stay away for these games. What do you think the mentality? Can you delve into the mentality here, Paul, as regards to why do people stay away from <clears> smaller can games? Can we blame culture night for this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, 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 I know. I, I know people's habits are forever changing, you know, and... I, I, I really can't put my finger on why why people would stay away unless you have something specific on I really can't understand why people would stay away from a game against Finn Harps where you know a club and farm could stick three or four goals by a team which which they did I mean that's why that's why you pay and it was, that's a, why you it was beautiful football that was, exactly yeah. I mean it's not as if Rovers are playing side to side football a la Trevor Crowley or a la oh, Crowley ball as Carl Collins great name Crowley ball great name can't take credit for that but, but, but yeah I, I, I can't understand why people would stay away now look I mean unless people are just 
always, I, I always thought it was people were hard up for cash, and they'd, you know what I mean. They, there's a big game coming up next week. There's a big session involved in the game next week. You know what I mean. Lots of lads are making their way up by train. Lots of lads are going up by bus. Is that something that can come I, I back in trains? Trains. I've never travelled to a game on a train. Uh, well, I, well, I think it's it's always been in vogue with some of the lads. To be honest, I, I I love the bus. I mean, the Gary Twiggs bus. We're allowed to have a drink. Like you guys are the gaffers, right? Well, it's all about it's all about finding a group that you can identify with, and yeah, and there's give and take. Though I mean, like I said, there are people who take the piss. There's no point. I mean, you get on the bus, no. you have a chat. Does it? Does you, you might have, you sell your fucking golden ball, your golden goals, your spot the balls, whatever. You do what you want, but just don't act the bollocks. Yeah, have a, your drinks, have a laugh. The thing is, there's a fine balance. In the way it's mad, like I mean, you think running the bus, you just put a post out, you take anyone and everyone, and then you turn it's up like Friday that. and you get to the game at home. Everything in between, I mean, to some lads, and we put it out there and we say, you know, we we see some buses that are run and you hear mad stories and this that and the other happened and like, I mean, we've taken like to some lads that come on to us, you know, they're sound, but you know, you can only take two or three of them. You take ten of them, it just turns into absolute carnage, and <laughs> sometimes it's really hard to kind of keep that balance there you know but oh, because completely understand. Any, bus, any bus where you know you're allowed to bring a few cans on it's a recipe for disaster if you don't manage it right you know and we're talking about the one with um, the Linfield bus I mean I it was like that was, t- a, that was an exception to the, the real thing, so. but the thing is that, that was a mad day you know but it was a mad day like normally we'd have like two or three of the lads and they'd be grand and we'd be singing and whatever and, but if you take six, seven, eight of them then it's kind of nearly like a crash where they just kind of spontaneously bounce off each other <laughs> and within a few minutes they just they just suddenly turn in it's just mad like you know but you, carnage you just, on the you bus can't, like, like, it's like snakes on a plane but like you can't yeah like, <laughs> you can't you, you know you can't compromise with people who have about 10 gargles in them so you just have to make sure in the first place that it won't happen you know but, like a study of human behaviour I know yeah I do, like, nice. I do like our current bus yeah, we don't, we don't, company don't, cool. we don't sit down during the week and say what about him what do you think he'll be like you know it's not like that you know it's like Dan, bring them on fucking with. Paul sitting there doing Go. tactics <laughs> yeah. who are we going to who are we going to play yeah. up top of the bus <laughs> Gary and Carl are up top they're alright look yeah. basically look I mean there's there's different groups for different for different lads right there, that's the way and it's great at Rovers that you have different groups like that it is you know there's, there's buses and buses that go from the city there's buses that go from the stadium lads like to hang around with lads who they've always ran with and more power to them. That's the way it goes, you know. Yeah. Some lads will be more active in certain ways than other lads would be. More power to them. You kind of have to keep, you have to keep the balance on a bus, you know. You can't. I mean, we had we had we had a bit of shenanigans a few years ago where we had people ringing us saying, "I'm never going on your bus again because of some of the shit that was going on." Yeah, yeah, you don't so want you, that. You, and you don't want that, right? You need you need a bus for you. Obviously, you want you want your 35, 40 lads on a bus having a bit of fun, a few beers. And a bit of music, a bit of crack. If you can stop off, you can stop off. Facilitate everyone to the best of your ability, you know what I mean? And get three points and come home and have a bit of crack. If you can stop off on the way back, brilliant. If you get back to a yeah. pub in Dublin, brilliant. All the best with that. But that's, like, that's all it's about, you know what I mean? So, you know, th- there is, there's always going to be some games where it's going to be a little bit crazier than the other, you know? You, yeah. you, there's exceptions to the rule all the time, you know? But the good thing is now, I mean, we're going since maybe what started 2012, 2013? We are going since the 18th of February in 2013. I like that. I like Second that. leg so of the Santa Cup qualifier six, 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 against Coleraine. So, is this our fifth year? <clears throat> this would be. That's year. a party. 
fifth year anniversary. Fifth year, yeah. Just year five. And like the thing is, we got to a point, results, good or bad, that I mean, when we put up a bus, say, to trot it in a few weeks. Well, we'll have 20 names in our head straight away of people who more likely than not I will say that where we going. stand in the East End to our left is the Gary Twig Supporters Club yeah. Yeah, well, there's Dude, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, the yeah. Twins the core of it. there's yeah. Kieran right. Long there's Sean Long yeah, yeah, there's all yeah, the lads yeah, yeah. and to our right is Bill Sean girls. Yeah. yeah to our right there's yeah <laughs> do you know it, it's it, it's mad though because we've ran buses this year and last year and this year we introduced a student rate right and it's crazy that there's a lot of buses this year that have literally been a make or break down to getting nine or ten lads, groups of lads onto our buses. We ran one that alone last year through in a student rate, five euro discount. Next of all, there's one fella turns into nine of his mates as well and they're all grand lads. You know, after a while they know not to act the bollocks or anything like that. But we ran buses where they've literally propped it up, kept put, it, going. put it over yeah, the line. Yeah. We ran one then, we came home from Prague and I was I must have had about three hours sleep and I was like away, I, wasn't it? I can't believe no Dundalk, Dundalk, Dundalk was away it? And that was the double decker bus we were given the double decker Dublin bus no wifi on it bastards <laughs> but uh, went up and I swear to god there was 25 people on the bus and 15 of them were students and all these lads there was a couple of good videos after that great great yeah. videos went up singing about Thomas Davis and the likes and we went up 1-1-0 and it was one of those games where you could have said no it's after Prague we won't bother you know, fuck it, we done it anyway. One one nil, and you look back at it, and you're like, "Thank, happy around that yeah, bus now." Yeah. You know, really happy. Same with Galway. I mean, Galway. I Galway think we were we, the best trip. We were. I think we were back off. I think we were back off the last the pose. Or we, Paul, Paul, were you at that trip? No, I wasn't. Because I, 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 I could have said, said the same thing to Carl. I could have said the same thing to Dan. Were you at that trip? Like we, we were considered. It was the Monday morning. It was like, no, we're not gonna, we're not, we're, we're not gonna fill it. We're not gonna fill a, a bus to Galway here. So we just threw it up. And within two hours, we toured the names. And by the time the bus left, we'd about 40, 45. Excellent. And we, we five, we two or what was it two or three Galway lads and all on the way home. Yeah, you had uh, Julian Canny. Julian, yeah. yeah. Julian got me job in Paddy Power actually. So it's it's uh, mad. Julian's the, the gent. The connections yeah. to League of Ireland. And it's mad, is, isn't it? Is absolutely ball. nuts. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that Galway bus in the end, I was like, mm. I cannot believe we nearly considered not running the bus for that. <laughs> After that, and same with Dundalk. It's and you just, know what? You live and you learn now. You know, now you know. You always, maybe you think, oh, we we'll always thing try, is, you know. The thing with us is you go game to game and we don't have a lot of money in the coffers there that sometimes we've dug into the pocket yeah, just to get it over the listen, line. I think we know, yeah. Be, be, it, before, yeah. Before you move on, right, I just want to say... The first bus would never have run. Right, I have to. Have, I've the never, very first, the I've, I've never, inaugural yeah, Gary Twigg. I've never actually them. thanked a man, right? But right. The first, the first bus, as Daniel Dan and Carla Dan and, and Carla have a wrestling match here. Yeah. The, the first bus <laughs> to Coleraine in, in February 2013 wouldn't have run. Uh, only for Tony R right? Tony R is a gentleman right? do you know what before you say anything right? Tony yeah. R is uh, absolutely fantastic yeah. Coop. and do you know what he, he treats my, my, I bring my son yeah. all the games yeah. treats my son like yeah. his own he, he's, he's, throws he's, him a tenner every time but like Tony will you fucking yeah, stop giving him money I know. He's an awful and Tony man, and Jaden goes gets a Hooper special yeah. thinks yeah. he's the best thing in the yeah. world do you know what Tony's an absolute gen. He, he, he's a pleasure he's a pleasure to be in his company right and uh, he, he, what happened was we, we were down right We had I think we had about 20 20 names for the first we were going to run this bus to, to Coleraine for the Santa Cup and it was looking on the Monday it was looking likely we weren't we weren't going to make it 
we weren't we weren't going to do it right and tony was ringing us tony was like was real concerned about the whole thing all along and he was like you know let me know now if you need help i'll, I'll do anything for you you know what i mean give us a help with administration or whatever you whatever yeah. you need so he was ringing again and i said look tony i don't think it's going to ruin he says why and i said look it's, we haven't got enough names and he said is it money and I was like, yeah, Tony, we can we we can we can wait on we can wait on another game, you know. He says, no, if it's money, he said, I'll meet you. So he met us over in the square, and Tony, Tony, Tony put up the money to break even. Ah, oh, there you go, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony round of applause there, Tony, because I tell you now, he's, he's a super hoop. We see him yeah, every absolutely. game, and it just brings a smile to your face when yeah, you see yeah, the guy. You know, so, he's, he's fantastic hoop. So we'll raise one there, to raise Tony. one to Tony. Tony, Tony is for you. We'll get you into Johnny Blues eventually. Slaunch it. We have that left that left us four points clear of Derry with five games after some incredible results elsewhere on the night. Um Yeah, I mean you gotta love the sport of football. I mean the contrast of emotions that it delivers is amazing. I mean, especially with Rovers as well. I mean look at those results, Carl. Check out those results from the other night. Derry losing five nil at home. You Cork losing the Limerick. Like you could not write it. And you know what? At least five or six people came to me in work and they were like, What is going on with those results? How much money would you get in Cork bottling it now? If you were into bookies now, what would you get in Cork? Cork were hundred to one on. Give us the expert Dan, come on. And Dundalk were a hundred to one to win the league before Cork lost the Limerick. I checked it on checked it on checked it on Monday. That's what the odds were. And it was even a point where they nearly wouldn't offer that market just because the odds were so big for Dundalk to win the league. But I was saying to Danny earlier on, it's it's pure, it's a pure mental. They're thing, finding it so with, hard to get over. Oh, but it, it yeah. is. Carl yeah. had a fantastic yeah. stat about yeah. uh, their strikers after mm-hmm. Sean he left. Mm-hmm. One league all between the two of them since he left. Shepherd or McCoy. No one league all. Or, um, That's like, insane. I firmly believe you lock yourself into a, a compartment when this stuff starts mm. to happen. And it just the hole just goes deeper and deeper and deeper, and it, it's very hard to find your way out of it. When you when you, when you haven't got that belief to get over mm-hmm. over a line like that and dig yourself out, you have to you have to summon things from inside yourself. Would you draw sport, similarities to 2010? Us trying to get over the line. Oh, I would say so. Yeah. What were we? Set, so. set, we were seven points ahead seven with five, points, five yeah. games yeah. left, yeah. Yeah. and Cork are eight points yeah. with five. Yeah. I mean, and game wait, on. And they're, they're, no, they're eleven now. If they lose it, then Doc on Monday, it's eight. Okay, oh, yeah. it would be eight. Well, yeah, yeah. and there'd be four after that, would it? It was said yeah. to their supporters a few weeks ago on a certain forum online, and they they didn't accept weird. it. It's weird, but I mean, it's a it's a pure fact. They yeah. bottled it. I tell you something though, if if Cor- if Dundalk do beat Cork on Monday, it gives Dundalk something mm. else to think about too. So going into that game with them, you know, they won't be mm. fully, they mightn't be fully focused on us that day mm. when they have this hanging because they don't. Be very quick. The pressure going on to Dundalk as well to keep winning. If people think mm. the Cork, well, I think there's, there's, there's definitely less pressure on Dundalk because, I mean, when you think about it, they they all they have to do is just keep slugging away. They know mm. they're not in a position of power. But Cork, are would you see this Dundalk side have never been in this position before either? No, no, they Can haven't. You think about it. Yeah, they've had it all around way for the last three for years. Three, right? yeah. So as, as as Danny was saying to me earlier on, they're in a position now whereby if if we can if we can. Coming into cup semi final day next weekend, if they have some part of their head thinking of a league possible league title as well, yeah, you know that you know anything could happen. Jeez, yeah, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, if they beat Cork, they're they're playing Cork next, am I right? Yeah, they're eight points. Yeah, eight points behind. And Cork have, and with team, the current form, the Cork they're they're right, to that's play not Derry. That much of a gap. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Derry, Derry, Derry who are fighting for Europe. Never mind finishing third. Bray and Bowes are up their arse at this stage. Yeah, mm. like. 
you've, you've, I think they're, they're playing Bray as well, aren't they? So there's Bray, Derry, Pats, and Bowes, I think it is, they have left, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. you know, Derry and Pats go as old Cork will be champions anyway, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of odds, Dan, uh, had over 70 to 1 at one stage. To win and Dundalk. Has there ever been higher odds in the League of Ireland? Was this pre-match? Yeah. Or during the game? 70 to 1. Sharp, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Not pre-match. I mean, if you're pricing the game... Nah, I remember a couple of weeks ago when Cork played that loan. I think Cork were 1-33 to 33 to win the game. 1-33? to 33. So if you threw 100 euro on it, you'd win 3 quid. And like normally when you, when you price like a team going head-to-head... It kind of sets the price for all the other markets, yeah. like the score and stuff like that. So the odds must have been crazy even for Trotter to get a goal. What was it in the end? 3 0, was it? 3 0, yeah. 3 0. Well, like, you um, probably would have even made money on doing under four and a half goals for some talk, <laughs> like with those odds. Yeah. It's crazy. What else we had? We had Derry. We had Derry at home against the uh, under the spotlight Bray Wanderers. 5 0 at home. And we've been to McGinn. McGinn's a smart, it's a natural pitch, was it? I'm not too sure, but either way, it was. I think it might have been a natural pitch. I think, I think it was just a normal pitch. It was a normal it pitch, but either way, it's a small, narrow pitch, and it's a tough place to go. You're traveling all that way up there, and they're going to impose their their style on you, and they lose 5-0. To it's, hard to, it's hard to know what to make of that. What do you think of that? I You'd have to have been there, wouldn't you, to see the mannerisms. I stared at it for a good 30 seconds. I was like, <laughs> in and out of my phone. I was like, maybe it'll change after a while. But. No, it wasn't. Like I, I think our biggest danger for the European spots, if we can catch Cork and... Dundalk anytime soon is Derry and Derry have been playing in McGinn Park 1300 people they can only let in and if they don't get Europe they must be struggling they'd be struggling oh, big time never mind this year but even they, they fucked up this year in Europe with playing in Sligo they mustn't have made a lot of money out of that next year if they, they were don't definitely have in Europe, the red over there if they don't have Europe next year sure didn't they charge 20 quid in yeah they'd be they'd be, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be yeah, in big 25 yeah big so um I think we actually have some audio from that game, Carl. Do you want to roll that out? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, uh, if the FBI can ban you for a year with no evidence, other than you just playing shite, hmm. maybe they can ban you for a year for playing too well. Yeah, so McElhaney should be banned for the season. Well, Bray winning five 0 Maybe they can ban them for yeah. playing too well. See, now. lads, you're you're really really good. We think that's yeah. match fixing. So why doesn't it work both ways? So let's say, for instance, geez, there was match fixing. They scored five goals. Well, yeah. there was text flying around on Friday night after that that result came in, and uh, all my mates were saying, "Was that fixed?" Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's just well, Bray. Obviously, obviously well, it wasn't. But one I mean, of the games you know. that Bray are down for investigation was a win, the five three against Finn Harps. Yeah, and yeah. there was a couple. And, uh, yeah. Apparently that night. The referee that was involved in that game was also involved in two of the other what was games the that were down. I don't know who it was, but it was just somebody made a argument on, on on Twitter. It was one or two of the games that he was involved in. Now, look, I mean, coincidence and all that shit, but, I mean, there's got to be something more to this. It's, it seems to be... It's too soon with all this stuff happening now and nowhere to suggest that something bigger is going on. Look, this stuff has been going on for years. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, it's not a... It's not a it's not a, a secret that players bet, you know, on themselves and everything else in the league. Yeah. Simple as that. It's been going on for years. We all know it. You know, it's not. People, I think, people who would know, who would have, yeah. you know, contacts that would know fellas who would do it, you know. Yeah. But when you players who are influencing it, I'd say the bigger picture wouldn't be the bet players betting on themselves. 
it'd be the organisations that are over it that are giving the players a cut. I mean, these guys that run this stuff, I mean... You're That's talking, the murky yeah, underworld right there. You think about it though, right? Yeah, you're yeah. fixing these games in Hungary and all, and you know, nobody really takes notice. When you look at the first division, you can't get relegated. So if you take over some sort of club, I mean, if you're not going to win the division, you might as well have finished last. Yeah. So they're probably Very looking true. at it saying, you know, a bit of money to be made here, but I think it's just, it's gone under the radar now that I'd say these kind of people might be taking a step back and just saying, look, we, we can't let, you know, we can't get away with this any longer. But it's, uh, it's, it's, interesting. it's that sponsorship deal, isn't it? That's after kind of... The track champ. The yeah. track champ thing is after kind of pull, pulling it really front and central and people and... Yeah. We need to know what the FBI yeah, receive for that. Let's see what they've Have you ever tried to... Have you ever tried to find a stream of the League of Ireland match? Never. What's so, it like? It's basically these Russian sites and Asian sites that Russian actually spam they, bots. But they, they pick up they pick up the track champ feed. Okay. You can't actually watch it through a normal stream. You have to go onto these Russian sites to see Rovers against I seen Rovers against Sligo when I was away. It's one on we a, lost on a Russian three and I had to get series? it. One of those yeah. things where you close all these dodgy boxes. I watched and yeah. open so here's the thing. Who yeah. is in Tala uh, Stadium? Uh, recording that or no, it's, the, it's the track champ it's over tra- that's recording it cause so the deal that they signed they have permanent maybe cameras or something yeah. like that there and that's yeah. just it's no in way. every that's ground it it's even in Finn, Finn Park it is now like all these, it is not. this little yeah. thing like it's mad sometimes you only see half the pitch as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. jeez I didn't know that follows, half the pitch yeah, yeah, so it's supposed way. to follow the ball you know just hope you're shooting that in <laughs> you know sometimes <laughs> you get a fan throwing a ball onto the pitch and then the camera just suddenly moves onto yeah. the ball the fellow <laughs> missed the goal but that that brings us to Athlone's Jason Marks one sec Gary did you hear what the, the Bray Wanderers player's WhatsApp group is called what North Korea how do you know that do you know tell me North Korea yeah that just shows you <laughs> Oh my god. I wonder Jesus. where they got that from. That analogy yeah, from. <laughs> wonder what Delaney Trump has to say about that. Delaney Trump. So we, that like I said, that brings us to that brings us to Athlone's Jason Marks. He was banned for seven games for betting on three of his own games. And I mean he's a silly boy, but I wanna know how he was caught. He was out it. I wanna know, like I was just about to say to you, Paul, what do you reckon? I mean, Dan, you're as well you you might be the expert on this, but how did this guy get caught betting on his own team? There's He was stupid. He was stupid first place, but how did he get caught? Who, who, how did it come to the authorities' attention? I don't know. You'll always have Isn't someone who will rat you, rat them out. That's exactly. You know, you, always, always fellow teammate, maybe Probably. you never know. If you bet on yourself and you do it in any sort of way where your name goes down on paper right. for making that bet, you're just it's, you're exposing yourself. You're exposing yourself. So let's yourself. say Gary Parsons um, plays a front for Shamrock Rovers, and Gary Parsons puts a bet on himself to score first and to win three 0 and yeah. it happens. And Paddy Perro looking at this saying, Jesus, his name is Gary Parsons. And he happened to score. Gary Parsons happened to score and he bet on him. So it was something like that. Yeah, a hypothetical yeah. betting company. Hypothetical um, betting company, Looking yeah. at this, you know. and Yeah, they, I mean, you know, you, you just... You, it's writing on the wall for you if you do that, you know. It's it's one team walking into a bookies and throwing money on, getting a slip and walking out. It's another doing it online and stuff like that. I mean, Which are it's just pure stupidity, it, you know. And like... Yeah, it's pretty, it's, not, it's pretty impossible to get away with it. It's not, to it's not even like throwing. Else, exactly. you know? It's not even throwing five hundred quid in yourself. You throw a fiver on yourself here and there. You seen the thing about Joey Barton. Joey Barton wasn't pulled on himself throwing five grand to score. He was pulled on a series of bets over 10, 15 years. Could this this yeah. have been just random accumulators yeah. where he's bored on a Saturday? And as soon I'll as, as soon as it's in any way a relation to football, either his league or himself or his team. 
he's gonna be banned. Yeah, you know. Um, sure, didn't we we play Bray Wanders? We play. I'm nearly sure this is this is this is right. We played Bray Wanders early early nineties at Talca Park when Jason Warren was playing for Bray Wanders. And in the lead up to the game, he was bragging that he was out to put money on himself to score the, the opening goal. And he did. And Bray won 1 0. Jesus. So and you're, this... you're talking 15 years ago here. And now the result was positive. He was backing himself, you know? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it wasn't as if he was, you know, he was yeah. backing against his team to cause a, a defeat or anything like that, you know? But that just shows you. I mean, I, f- I firmly believe players are doing it. And there's a lot more there that we'll never know about. So we have Bowes 3 and Pats 2 which left the Junkies in the relegation zone at the weekend. Carl, that was a, a crazy result and we can nearly put the nails in their coffin on Monday. Jippos for Europe. Jippos I was just about to say, it's absolutely adorable that they think they're going to qualify for Europe. It's they're not a million miles just, away. I just feel like, no, do I, is, that, is that actually on the cards? I just want to grab their say? cheeks and go, oh, he's oh, so, you're cute. so cute and qualify for Europe. <laughs> no, it's definitely not going to happen but um, my man Pats are struggling. Like we said, but um, yeah, we're going to move on. We're going to ask the guys, all-time favourite Rovers game and player. So Dan, you go first. All-time favourite Rovers player and game. Favourite game. I'll go favourite player. There's probably only one. Favourite player. Um, yeah, it would just it would have to be Gary Twig. I mean, I've never seen I've seen I've never seen like you talk about natural born goal scorers and I've never seen a guy that every single time you get the you got the ball more times than none he just put it in the back of the net and you'd be like there's no way he's gonna like you look at all the other kind of strikers you know just missing mad chances because you compare it to Twig now where like he just made it look so easy he put everything away didn't he? and he loved scoring and he was like. You know, he just always wanted the ball. He always made those runs. Centre-halves didn't know how to deal with him, you know. He got kicked, he got pushed, he got shouldered. It didn't make a difference. He just always just kept going, getting the ball, putting it back in there. For a guy that was so injury-prone and had his issues that, you know, he walked into some games where his hip was all over the shop. He still went on, scored a hat-trick in that game. Like, just unbelievable. Oh, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a bit of thinking time. Paul, will ask you your favourite ever player. And if you have a close uh, second <clears throat> as well. well. Paul, considering you've been following Robbers a long time, we're going to ask you pre talent and post talent. Yeah, pre talent favourite player. Okay, okay. Pre talent would have to be Pedro, Peter Eccles. Peter Eccles, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Peter, Peter, Peter was this. Peter was. Uh, he looked. He looked. Peter always looked awkward. Pedro. And. Uh, he was Peter was a workhorse but from time to time he'd come up with these amazing pieces of fucking skill you know and to me he was almost famous for this hook tackle a player would it's like a player would, would you'd see you'd see a player would seem to get by him and whatever however he would put contort his body he'd, he'd he'd make this complete Absurd sliding tackle and would hook the ball away. And managed to hold on to it. And, and tackles that probably would be X-rated today. You know what I mean? Well, mm. uh, he'd score rare goals or whatever. You know, or if he'd make one of those tackles at at Milltown or in, in Daly Mills or, or the RDS, you'd hear Peter, Peter, Peter. He <laughs> loved the chang. He was a bit of a cold hero. You know, but Peter would have been my favourite. He wore his heart on his sleeve. Won a record five league titles. 
Before you leave tonight, but there you go. Well, it's America, man. And what about... Uh, There's a great photograph of him, by the way, leading out Rovers in the tunnel. I think it is in 90... When we we got the, the trophy in 94 at the RDS. And a great photograph of him in the tunnel, about to leave Rovers out, holding the lead with Cindy the dog. It's a classic Rovers photograph. Cindy the dog. Classic, was, um, pho- classic Rovers photograph. Um, post Um I prefer, I, prefer the, I prefer the players that... Do all the dirty work. I can I, smell a Stephen. I can Royce. smell a Stephen Royce here. Smell yeah, a Stephen well, Royce. Say that. Yeah, Chris yeah. Turner. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, prefer, I prefer those type of players. To be honest with you, you know. So, I would say, I would say Royce. Be honest. There you go. Yeah. You, you, you nailed it there. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, three, three is a legend. You know, but for me, player, players who can, you, you see them halfway through a game, and you see them turn around to players, pumping the fists, and going, "Come on, the fuck." Sort yourself out. It means a lot, doesn't it? it? That's to me every look. Every league, every league winning side you see has to have that dirty, cynical element to it. Now I'm not saying, not trying to drag Stephen Royce down to that level, but he had that ability to do that in games when we needed it most. And that's an admirable, admirable attribute. So I, mean. I think, I think every league winning side has to have. Yeah, I think so. Two or three of those players. So while Dan is still pondering, what's your favourite game? Favourite game. Um, it's a hard. It, it it is actually hard because there's probably about four or five to be honest with you. Um, like I, I would obviously say the game in Belgrade that night. You were in Belgrade. Yeah, you were on the infamous uh, yeah, Belgrade Forty Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was it was a long it was a long day. It was a long. I'd say it was long hard day. to believe what was going on. For I, you. I remember walking down the town with Tony R. We had an early breakfast. We couldn't sleep. We walked down the town and there was people in water fountains dousing themselves with water that day. Was, was that hot? It was, it, was, it was around half ten that morning and we were walking down and it was 30, 32 degrees. And I remember saying to Tony, we're going to get spanked. <laughs> we're going to get spanked. And he was kind of saying, you know, you're, you're probably not wrong, you know. We will have a lot to do here tonight, you know. And it was just meeting, meeting the lads at the hotel and hanging around for the tickets and going from the hotel and the buses and the crack going into the ground and there's, there's a good photograph actually up somewhere on the line of us all on that bus and it kind of mirrors everybody's in flying form after having a few drinks but we got to the ground the security the escort into the ground and the royal police leaving the flags down in our away section only to be told nah it's not safe to stand there so our flags were guarded in the official away section but we were brought into the main stand so how far away were your flags oh they were they were they were they were a good they couple of hundred meters yeah like, behind the goal yeah and we wow. were, people we were all even a good sharp eye on them there was Union Jacks going up you know and uh, but we made a few friends there which Pat Lee commented on yeah, he said that there was Jacks, all sorts was, of, yeah, they must yeah, have done yeah. their their, yeah, they, they, their they research their homework, yeah <laughs> and any, any, UVF any, yeah and at any time we, we kind of attempted to cheer that night we were getting the, the heckles from the the grubari wasn't it the grubari and then even the local diggers but but in the end look the game was won and we were respected for it you know but um, I, if, if you're giving me a wild card now for a favourite game I would say this is going back and I don't know whether people might remember this or not FAI first round 1991 wow right that, game, that game, comment game alone against, game against Finn Harris at the RDS what a fucking ding dong that was yeah yeah. I think it was a Derek Swan hat-trick a ding yeah. dong yeah. you mentioned Swan that the other day actually, yeah. and I tell you fabulous game of football both sides just going for the juggler. None of this bullshit of fucking trying to get it back to Finn Park. Or, yeah. Uh, both sides went for it that day. Of course, we went on that year to get to the final and lose it in 
ignominious circumstances. Was all, it was an awful game. But that game, that game always stands out to me. That's an pure, pure excitement. Pure excitement. I like that choice. Yeah, it's, good. it's a nice from left field. Come on, okay, Dan. Dan. You've been pondering just there just for a while. Do you know what? Five or six straight in my head, like, like Paul's saying. It's just, just too many. But I suppose the one that sticks out is 2010 where, I mean... None of us, none of us could settle that season. You know, you were just constantly worried. Bows were up against you, and we finally we thought we got there. And Spartan Fingal, oh Glenn my Crow, God. and I'm sorry for bringing this up. I mean, I I know everyone, everyone's heart probably just sank with just the thoughts of what that game was like. And we said favorite game, Dan. I know, but <laughs> you know, it's all about agony and ecstasy. You know, and I can see that being a favorite. I I, I appreciate no, that. No, 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 we're not that game. But what followed the mm. next week when we genuinely thought we were done and Bowes had Galway, we had Trotty United and everybody thought that was it. And Galway were without Shepherd and O'Donnell and they still went on to beat Bowes 3-2, Treats, I think it was. We have the, Galway, the Galway fans were singing Build Me Up and we were watching, we were in the East Stand and I think... Satanta were doing this sort of simulcast where they were showing both games at the same time. They was were flicking. It was RT or Satanta where they RTA were actually showing that. both games because we were 15 minutes ahead. So mm. they actually showed the last 15 minutes of our game. But when we sit, me and my mate James, we were looking over at the main stand. There was this little monitor that was actually showing the Galway game. And every time we knew Galway scored, it, the cameras went on to the Galway fans. So we all started celebrating the yeah, East stand. Yeah. And we knew the third goal went in. Do you remember, do you remember the reaction? Everybody went absolutely mad. And I remember Billy Denny. They looked... They, I remember wait, Billy you know Denny just Tweak, turning around. Tweak did this. Yeah. He said, what's the story? He, yeah. he, he was putting up his fingers. Yeah, yeah. He was like, tell me. And tell me like, what's what the story. The problem was, when I went 3-2, from what I can remember, it was actually nil all the time. And there's that great snip of the co-final video of Dunster realising what the score was in Galway. And it was yeah. great ball to Chris Turner. <laughs> Great bond to Gary Twig. Yeah. Gary Twig, Twig. One nil Rovers and then two nil. I think it was Desi ah, Baker scoring, and we were ahead, and all everything went ahead. It really Brian. was a fantastic. But that moment. night was that night was. I mean, man, I man, genuinely, genuinely oh, thought we yeah. were done. We were we were done for yeah. balls had done it. Yeah, yeah. But that night when Galway beat them, and I don't know how anybody would want Galway to go down. Because that they fucking yeah. they're the reason ah, why God, we're doing yeah, favours again, yeah. aren't they? And like I said, we had a, one of our pals, Ali, ah, living in South Florida now, the South Florida Hoop Supporters Clubs. He was he still he, maintains he was in Galway. We don't believe him. He but he says he was, he was at there. that game. He says he was at that game that night. Mm. He was in Galway just tucking a game. I actually tried to put that in Tata Time the book. But his memory was so diabolical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just couldn't go in. It was a Jason Malloy got two goals, wasn't it? Jason Malloy got two goals. He got yeah. he got names he wrong. He, he got scores he? wrong. No, I don't think so. I don't think no. he played for Pats. He was knocking around maybe Salt Hill and Mayview oh, maybe. Okay, okay. But he scored the two goals that night and uh I remember the reaction in the East End when it all kicked off. It was, it was just yeah, we were, we were we were I was in the press box at the time doing doing the music and Paul was in front of me with Albert and they were they were they were online and they were doing the online thing and the lads there was Daniel McDonald was watching it on uh, on he was watching it online on his iPad or wherever he was watching it on oh his laptop he was watching it on his laptop and there was a few of course it was packed with journals and the goal went the goals were going in and 
every few minutes we, the three of us were jumping up like lunatics and Paul Dillon was almost knocking the microphone over knocking it on yeah. you know screaming for joy and everything and it, it was Mick Cairns remember Mick Cairns looking, looking around the corner when he, he was with his gang what's the score what's the score they're God we're at the score again and he of course it was it was it was it was, it was everyone was block by block news was going down you know what I mean it was, it was brilliant it was a brilliant atmosphere you know yeah. it's funny isn't it that one of our favourite games is like a game where we're depending on somebody on else another game yeah because yeah. Yeah. there's another like, one as well yeah. with that next season it was like we really had to make a break both them years to win that league the other one was Rowan Ricketts against Derry yeah, your man missed the ball the lob, and he just yeah. lobbed it and even it was funny because the video that went up that night was a slow motion video and even at the time it felt like it was slow motion it just was slow it. motion it was because like, the ginger centre half somebody else remember, give me his I name I can't think of his name Shane oh god either way somebody else will give it to us but he was he didn't react at all he let the ball go by him and Rohan just yeah. saw he didn't it think he, he was he behind no yeah. he didn't see him at all touch your class touch your class is right but um some great stories in there I'm sure all the Rovers fans out there will be nostalgic but we're going to move on now we have a must read article in the Irish Independent about the first ever game played in Europe by a League of Ireland club Shamrock Rovers against Manchester United in 1957 Monday is the 60th anniversary so uh, brilliant interviews with Eamon Darcy and Tommy Hamilton there Carl yeah Owen Rice's book We Are Rovers got a mention yeah super and, uh, so. my dad was actually at that game yeah 1957 no yeah. way really yeah and like going old school, man. people knew how strong my United were obviously but they didn't realise how much better than Rovers they were so people fancied Rovers at the time and Rovers are only 1-0 down at half time went on to lose 6-0 but even at 1-0 at half time my dad said one guy stood up in the crowd and he was taking bets on Rovers to come back and win and people were taking them <laughs> on official like, I'll take that. yeah Rovers come back and win <laughs> yeah. see another 5 well, we'll talk about some uh, European trips now. So, Paul, considering you're like the modern-day Marco Polo, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I remember a post you put up about the destinations of your famous Ashbourne says, how are you, flag, and it's where it's been, up, and it's, 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 been been it's, like, it's like a brazzer at this day. It's yeah, been around. Yeah, it's, it's been, been, it's been everywhere. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. tell us, I mean, I know it's hard to narrow it down. And I mean, we were in Iceland, the Czech Republic this year, so... Tell us what 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 is your most memorable trip? And it doesn't have to be Rovers; it can be anything. But what's your most memorable trip that you brought the flag on? Ah, look, I mean, like we say about Johnny Blues, every stain tells a story. I'm yeah, sure there's it, plenty it, of stories. Well, that's the that's the truth of it. Like, I mean, that was that was brought to that was brought to Ireland on Ireland away trips for twenty years. But you know, it's it was never it was never designed for that. You know what I mean? The, I, I I made it up and. Where did the, where did the, where did you get the name Ashbourne? I just well I was living there. I was living there. And, right. and our friend TJ TJ the man, the man up the chimney, the man up the chimney the again. The chimney, we have to get this the man up on the, the chimney coined 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 the nickname. Ashbourne says Th- Thomas Thomas no Ashbourne. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I used to I used to around with Fergus Desmond when he was here in, in the early days. That's New York Hoop, isn't it? Ultra Hoop, yeah. Ultra bright, yeah. <laughs> and uh Tom Thomas used to pal hang around, you know, with us and all that kind of stuff. And we used to go to games, different, just down the other end. Uh, he, uh, Fergus was saying to me one day, yeah, 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 you're, you're new, you know your new nickname, don't you? And he said, what's the name? Ashbourne, now, you know. And Ashbourne stuck, you know. And all the lads from Galway started calling me Ashbourne. And it just, it just, yeah. it just stuck, you know. After the, after the flag came out, you know. But that, that was on the road, that was on the road for the best part of 20 years on Ireland trips. But it was never, it's it never, 
So who came first, you or Davy Kill? Ah, fucking Davy Kill. Fucking there, Egypt. See, they found his flag. Did you see that? There was so you were an Ashbourne tribute act. There, there was an, that was a tribute act. There was, a, there, was an actual, there was an actual article in the newspaper that said, at the time, it was at the height of the, the Jack Charlton thing. It was post, post-World Cup 1990. And uh, it was actually, a, a, they were trying to encourage, it was an independent, independent article in the sports pages, trying to encourage people to get flags made up at the time okay. Be- because of this thing it was a new phenomenon yeah. at Ireland Games and they were saying that Ashburn says how it was too close to the bone and Irish fans need to be more creative they and actually mentioned they actually flag. mentioned that and the, 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 the how on earth is that too close to the bone oh, I, I don't know it's just you know yourself Davy you know, Kill you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, Davy Kill says yeah. hello fuck off so, Davy Kill he found his flag during the week I know fucker. yeah he was found coppers should have fucking burned look remember Maloney's plea to get the flag back <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look look, two, look I, I couldn't narrow it down to one game to be honest with you right the 2011 season was fucking phenomenal right it was just phenomenal. It's something that I don't think any of us would have ever believed we could have done at the time, yeah, given where the club had come from. You know, I, I, there were certain people at the time believed that it was a one-off thing, right? I don't agree with that. Mm. I think the club should aspire to be there, thereabouts again. It, it's, 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 it's not do or die. But if you don't kind of aspire to those kind of things, you're going to get left behind. I think so. Given the money that's involved, Dundalk have proved that. So I think we should aspire to try and, at some point, get there again. You know, but the whole run, the whole run was just amazing. Even down to the Malmo game. Yeah. Where there was there was two of us there. It was <laughs> gas crack. So you and Fergus. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a laugh. You know? Two. And we had yeah. Ryan, Ryan Thompson two. during the game waving to us. No way. During the match, yeah, yeah. As the ball looped over you know, his head. Fucking hell. <laughs> but look, it was a fabulous year, and I I, I don't think I could put one of those games above the rest in terms of travelling and the support the support we had that year was phenomenal you know Rovers fans are going anywhere they would yeah. you know well, that, that's, that's what separates us from the rest simple as that and, like, there's no special merit award goes to anyone who was in Belgrade because you look at the support we had in Copenhagen Kazan you know yeah. the support we had in Talon in Talon what a, a mm. memorable few days the Hardy Krishnas the stories oh, the, you know you could have a you could have a whole podcast relating to that to all that stuff that went on there you know like Belgrade we have a great support oh, yeah. like that. no one can touch us I just ran out of money for Belgrade <laughs> I, I done 17 at the time I done Estonia found these youth flights to Copenhagen to get me there and then after that I was just like no I got London in but I, I said after Belgrade and I know a lot of people regret it they probably could have gone that was circumstance. You because just, the you just, you, you got it. You nearly got a block. I mean, people have different situations with annual leave and crap like that. But you nearly have to block book these weeks just to make sure you don't. Like miss Jason Maloney like does. Again. He does at yeah, the end yeah. of every July exactly. and June, doesn't he? That, yeah. that Belgrade thing was circumstance because they there was one of the, one of the, one of the agents came back with a price and then Hummel and Han. A, a, lot, yeah. a lot of lads had left it putting their faith in them and it, it didn't come through so uh, there would have yeah. been a lot more than 43 there it's a lot it's know. a lot of travelling for these trips it is a lot it's a lot a lot of the time it's a burden more so than you know making it a holiday you know because sometimes I mean like Finland you just you just want to get there you want to see the game but mm. you know you don't always get to Enjoy yourself as if you go to these places normally, you know. When are always ever going to play in Lapland again? Oh, never. That's, that's it. That. I mean, imagine, imagine you said to somebody, I went to Lapland in July 
to see a Europa League game. Exactly. And I said to me, boss, so actually, strange. I told me, boss, that story a few weeks ago. And he looked at me, looked at me with ten heads. Did not. Mosquitoes in, at the In Rovaniemi. Yeah, yeah. They have some craters with wings in that. Crater. In, in, the, in, in the middle of somewhere there, that would age you, age you, you know. A uh, random question. Were you in the Isle of Man 20 years ago? No, we, I wasn't in the Isle of Man. No. Maloney loves that one. No, Mal- Maloney loves that story. There's, there's some great stories floating around. Um, yeah. Himself or Big Deck or... There was a big. There was, apparently, there was a drinking competition between Big Dick and Big Dick all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drank, drank, drank his opponent under the table, but you'd have to, you'd have to, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe get, maybe verify that with Jay again. Right. So we're going to talk about the Seventeens next. We have uh, their next match is against Waterford on Saturday, two p.m. in Tallet. They'll finish in second place. Whatever the result, so it doesn't really matter. Waterford under Seventeens have a player in good form there. Who have they got? Uh, Colin Whelan has scored in. 15 consecutive games 15 games in a row Jesus. let's oh, poach yeah, that yeah. fucker what's his name Colin Whelan oh, we've got to take a punt on him did he, did he it. score against Bray oh, oh no but so, yeah. Above. <laughs> yeah Waterford won the winner 17's cup and they're top of that division so good week in Waterford yeah hopefully so so we have the under 15's they beat UCD 2-0 at Marley Park on Saturday with goals from Nathan and Yan Wan Wu and Dylan Duffy it's a good effort there yeah, it was a good effort, wasn't it? <laughs> and then we're uh, home to Atlone this Saturday at 3pm. So we have, Yeah, I think so. No, that's Rollstone. That's at the Rollstone. So oh, that's at the Rollstone. Okay. 15s at home at Rollstone on Saturday at 3pm. Commiserations to our DDSL and their 15s teams who are beaten in the final of the Premier Cup at the AUL on Saturday afternoon. Charity Archer won 5-4 on penalties after a one-all draw. And uh, the Ireland under-16s. Bazuna did play in this one. Made a top-class save, even though they lost 2-1. And uh, Don came on as a substitute. Yeah, future Rovers keeper there. I reckon he's uh, very highly thought of. So it's competition time now, and we ask you to send in the Rovers FAI Cup memory that means the most to you and our favourite one. That person wins a Rovers jersey, and we have officially upgraded to a signed jersey. So Ooh. there we go. <laughs> so Paul and Dan, throw your hat into the ring on this one. What's your best cup memory, Dan? Go with you first. FAI Cup or any FAI cup? cup. FEI Cup. Okay. You get your you get the so, juices flowing here, Paul. We, he's we the, I remember the semi final against Pats. It was a, we played them at home. I remember the, I remember that day. I think it was two all. It finished. And we were 2 1 up until Paddy Cabinet scored some miraculous own goal. <laughs> it was actually a cracker. Was, was, a that, cracker. was that was that the game cracker. he was kicked in the face as well? Hopefully. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. But, Didn't um, do many favours anyway. I know. But uh I remember to to, to go two one up, Chris Turner scored this unbelievable header. Now I mean mm. probably the best header I've ever seen. He must have headed it about five yards, ten yards outside the box, looped Rogers maybe who was in goal at the time, but uh it was just one of those where, you know, as soon as he as soon as he hit it, you knew he was going in. And I even said to him after the, the cup final night, I was like, how would you score that header? Yeah, said, how did you? He said, uh, I don't know, I just threw my head up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's but, uh Sounds Scottish but, now. Do you know his accent? Yeah, he was naughty, now he's Scottish now. It's like he's trying to avoid somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but, he's uh, quite Scottish. That's an idea of, uh, of Umbrella Man. Umbrella Man, yeah, do you remember him? Yeah. But that Umbrella was it man. then. I went. I don't know whether it was Umbrella Man. At the, was it the replay with Umbrella Man? <laughs> that was the replay, yeah. We played them, so we played them on the Sunday. And two days later, Tuesday, we had that replay. 
and the tension in that game was unbelievable because both teams were well. very very tired this was just after Fingal so yeah, that, how massive so, was that game so everybody just thought let's get the cup at least here you know yeah and the league was gone at that point yeah. really and we had the, the, we barely had a chance in the game and I just remember Turner getting the ball at one point completely he just done this little kind of this little tiny turn that cut off the centre half and put a stray in the corner and, uh, and the shed went absolutely mental I remember there were 1700 Rovers fans in the away section that night on a Tuesday hold on was, Turner got the goal Tor- and, yeah Turner I remember got the this goal. it was an absolute it was a screamer yeah he, he got he got the ball and he just kind of he stopped the centre half just went and yeah. then he just placed it in the corner it was a great finish I remember the one and then at the full time whistle all hell broke loose I mean I remember there were these young lads that just got, like, kicked the hardens went underneath it <laughs> everyone went on the pitch I went on the pitch on as you do, you know, put hands up. You know, if Joe's went on the pitch, we can all go on the pitch. Oh, no, he's only been really. on pitch once. That was Galway. <laughs> well, I was only on the pitch once, and, and it was that semi final against Pats. And he wore a dress. And he wore a dress. Well, <laughs> I was in disguise as well. But uh, we like ran down, and we just—it was just absolute carnage. And I remember, obviously, that must have been an umbrella man. But I mean. Who cared? We were in the final. Do you know what? I honestly don't think Umbrella Man ever made an appearance ever again. Do you know what? He I was don't in, think he was a Rovers fan. He, he was in that away section that night, just putting this umbrella up and down to everybody in the stand and all. I don't know what the fella was like. So he was he was he was um, flaunting his umbrella skills. That was it. And then he was like, you know, as soon as we get a chance to run on the pitch here, I might as well just do it for the rest of the stadium. Uh, it was embarrassing, but listen. It was weird. But uh it was that was definitely the best memory. I mean we we went away the Pats thinking that we were that was it like because Pats were delighted with the draw and Tala coming back coming in that circumstance coming back to draw get the replay and then lose in your own stadium with and it must have been four or four and a half thousand there night that night it was just brilliant right well so your best cup memory Paul best cup considering memory. that you've uh, you've have you ever seen Rovers win the FA no, Cup never seen I've, I've been at the three finals uh, and they've been. They've been they've been pretty much letdowns, you know. Uh, I suppose going back on memories, uh, to requote what I said earlier on, that the best, I, the the most interesting cup run I thought that I've ever witnessed was the one in ninety one. Um, I was I was following Rovers in eighty six late eight, eighty six to eighty seven season, but I wasn't here for the the, the win at the early mount against uh, it was Dundalk, I think, wasn't it in eighty seven. I test the memory uh, now, I think so. And uh Statman's taking a piss, so what else? Again, to go back on to not just to repeat the point, but the, the game against that run in ninety one was totally unexpected. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was it was a it was a real <clears throat> it was a real it was a real ground out cup run that year. I we had we played at Lone, who were prone to beating us. We were we played Sligo Rovers. We played both of those teams away and took them back to the RDS. And we ground out wins. But I think we beat we beat um, I think we beat Athlone one nil and we beat Sligo on penalties. I'm really sure of it. So we just go round. Yeah, we 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 ground we, 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 we trudged our way to that FA Cup final that year. Um, that was it was memorable for that reason because it was it was unexpected. Um, the I got back to the win against Finn Harps. It was pure, just pure excitement. A 4-3. A 4-3. Uh, apart from that, I would... 
go with many people's opinion that the night in Athlone in the rugby round was yeah. just pure I think we have Darren Glennon sending that one it was pure alcohol and pure passion that night <laughs> I think it was a combination of both maybe a couple of other substances I don't know but look that's <laughs> you wouldn't begrudge them no uh, listen that night uh, they went they went one and up and I remember turning around to Joe Daly and we said and Joe Daly looked at each other and Joe Daly turned around to me and said, Hey, these shy cups. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that cup. <laughs> it's, not, it's not point being in these shy cups. And then two one, the two was threw our arms around each other, you know. It's, it's nights like that. There were two, uh, there were two great goals as well, if memory serves me right. Um, but to, for me, for me in recent times, that, that one, or, or the, the double game against Bowes. In 2006. Oh, the draw back to Daily Mount. The Daily Mount on, in midweek, yeah. That cost. It was, the gaffer, on, it was, was on, the job, wasn't it? That it was, on, it was on TG Car. The, 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 it was on TG Car. The first, the first game at Talga. And they were, they were set to steamroll us. And they went 1-0 up and they were, they were cracking efforts of us. And we got back into it. And I, if we, we almost stole it at the end. Uh, Toy Porson missed a great chance right at the end. The workhorse. Yeah, war, absolute workhorse. And then, of course, Caso in the second second game at Daily Mount. What a goal! What a what a what a, what a goal! It was what stunning, a goal. stunning goal. I lo- I always loved him as a player. Like even when he went, he's playing for Patsy Boy now, and he's still he, very good. He went to, I think he was with Pats, and then he went to Drogheda, and even when he was at Drogheda, he was a smashing player. And he's one player that I would still thought that he was definitely would have mm. signed, like because he was just and it, unbelievable. If you want to go further back, maybe the cup, the cup, the short-lived cup run in '94. We were drawn against Bowes in the first round. Not to interrupt you there, Paul, but I'm a fan of the White Snickers. Oh, you're a fan of the White Snickers? I'm a fan of the White Snickers. You're, you're, you're a fan of the salty caramel. I am. It's absolutely delicious. I hate even the smell of that White Snickers. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not, so I'm break, not break yourself a little bit. But there, that was absolutely right. delicious. Um, the, uh, the game against Bowes, the... The three like games the, against Bowles in '94 were very memorable for the crowds. We played them at Daily Mount on a Sunday afternoon, and there was there, there might have been seven or eight thousand at that, easily. Big we, crowds. We big played crowds. them at the RDS then, and it was the same. It was a draw, and then took us back. And Kuzo scored a winner for Bowles in the second Kuzo. replay. In the second replay, it was phenomenal crowds. Did you just keep again. doing replays until somebody yeah. won? Mm-hmm. Wasn't there one where Bray played St. Francis or something? They went to the Tour de Fort replay before. Ah, well, that's embarrassing stuff then. That was Bray and Finn Harps. Finn Harps. 99 yeah. final. That's crazy. The J- what, what, Jason Bourne was in all them games, isn't he? You penned the last one anyway. He got the winner. Yeah. But listen, we're going to read our stories now. And um, this is all for our giveaway. For our signed jersey giveaway. And we have a couple of bundles as well for second and tour place. So let's, we're just a generous couple of guys here at Tales from the East End. So... We're going to read out, uh, we have Paul Donahue, a.k.a. Rui Dunster. And we have the 85 Cup final. And he was waiting around outside the players' entrance after the game for autographs. Pat Bourne was his favourite player. And as captain, he was the last one out of the Cup. I nabbed him just by his car and he asked what he saw in my programme. He said, sure, hold this. And he handed him the FAI Cup <laughs> and took his programme and signed it. He swapped back and put his cup in the boot of the car and he drove off. Brilliant. How about that? So nonchalant. Oh, There's a famous story as well of... Um, when Rovers won the six in a row and they beat Limerick twice I think uh, 65, 66 
and Limerick wanted so desperately to win that cup, whereas Rovers had won it so many times. And one of the Limerick players saw Ronnie Nolan just hurl the cup into the boot of his car and drove off. It's like, yeah, won another cup. <laughs> and that <laughs> yeah, summed it up for the Limerick players. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so we have Ryan Legru next. We have uh, Ryan the Crumlin native. So he's only around the corner from Johnny Blues. And he haven't seen us win the cup yet, like loads on here, which is very true. But uh, the one that stands out in his mind is the Dundalk away in the replay a few years back. This was when they were coming into form and they were in control for most of the game. Then Shepard comes on and the rest is history. Q absolute bedlam in the way ends. Everyone and everything, including a huge blue bin on the pitch. One of his best nights as the Rovers <laughs> fan. And we created some, we created something nice up there and it shows why we all love this pick. And he had a great picture from George Kelly who uh, showed him out of his mind watching that game. Do you remember that game, lads? I was, in, I was in the I was in the main stand and I don't think a lot actually travelled in the end was it on a Friday night? no was there, was no. it was a midweek a Tuesday, yeah, and it was a Tuesday I don't know whether we even ran a bus and I was in the main stand probably 20 of us in it and oh my god that main stand on dock is absolutely brilliant when you beat them oh because they're they're wind spitting they're, they're, all, they? they're all just right beside you and there was this great video that went around Facebook to start the season of a Celtic fan putting his two fingers up to everyone around the stadium. And that's pretty much what I did when the full-time <laughs> whistle went. I mean, they were absolutely sick and there's nothing better when you're after beating are you, are you And they're there? all just staring at you and you're like, yeah. Oriel <laughs> Park is a shithole, right? It needs serious investment. But that little main stand, how many can that hold? You're talking it's about maybe... 800, eight, For instance, let's say we decided to fuck the terrace and we jammed that the, fucking the main stand. Oh, that, wow. The acoustics oh, yeah. in that main yeah, stand are yeah. phenomenal. The noise re- just bounces off that roof and goes back down. It's fabulous when well, you're in there. I suppose it's, it's, it's probably the comparison to the noise of that away terrace because you mm. can't hear a mm. thing in that terrace. Yeah, it's all it's absolutely dreadful. Now I was going to the main stand because... You'll probably be hearing more than 200 fans singing in the corner, mm. you know, because they can definitely hear you. I mean, the abuse I gave Kenny this year alone was heard, so. Definitely right as well. It's warranted. And we up, up next we have Darren Glennon. And he says, mine has to be at Lone Away 0506. He says, we brought down a massive crowd. Paul's laughing here. He knows what's coming. <laughs> so he brought down a massive crowd. What's another year? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are flying on the Pat Scully. All the ladies were in top form. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Nipper's last away trip with us. Anyway, uh, we go down and we go one down and we're looking for divine inspiration. Then our full back, whose Here's name eludes me. Here's the Nipper, by the way. Here's the Nipper, lads. Here's the Nipper. Never saw Salah. Yep, so rest in peace, Nipper. And um, can anyone name the fullback? He says, then our fullback, whose name eludes me, now scores a worldly on his weaker right foot in the 86th minute. Can anyone name him? Was was he a fullback? It says here. I think it's in the replies. I didn't read it. Someone corrects him. Go on, name it. I think it Gary was. Armstrong says, Robbie Clark was the fullback. Robbie Clark. Robbie Clark. Scored that screamer. So Robbie Clark got the goal. And now we're going to continue on, and we have anyway. We go down one nil, and then our fullback scores. He scores that cracker, Robbie Clark, absolute carnage. Myself and Paul Conroy stood next to each other, and he says, "If Rovers get a winner on the pitch, I agree." <laughs> Never thinking it would happen, and two minutes later, Jared Buzzer Row gets a looping header, and it's bleeding bedlam. Everyone's on the pitch, hugging the players, taunting the guard and home supporters, and another well-known hoop makes the news for giving them a special Rovers greeting on camera. <laughs> So one of the best ever. It was us against the world and we won madness, but that's Rovers. So some fantastic replies here. 
Carl's going to read out a couple now as well. Give give myself a break. Yeah. Alan Kinsella, he says, have loads of cup memories, but on a personal level, it's a cup game in Daly Mount in 2005 against Douglas Hall. It was an afternoon kickoff, so it meant I could bring my son James to his first game. Jason McGuinness scored a screamer for us. Remember J- McGuinness called that a, a clearance? Yeah, he did. <laughs> 40 he yards. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he scored a screamer. What stood out for... What stood out was the reception my son got from the Rowers fans that I knew. He was fussed over something awful. He's been going ever since. So it's a personal story. So he's now, hooked. Yeah. yeah. Killian Fitzmaurice says, Two stand out for me, in both in 2010. First, the replay out in Chicor, which Dan talked about. For the semi, the scenes when Turner scored to send us through, everyone was going mental. That's what Rowers is all about. Then the second goes in. Even though it was a horrible day, the cup final, build-up pre-match, the game itself, I didn't enjoy it. But the whole pre-match, the horse and all the Rowers fans in the streets, watching the team bus drive by, uh, even talking with a few sound Sligo lads, was just great crack. The result might have spoiled it, but we knew we'd all be back one day to do it all again. Uh, Mark Gallagher, 2006. I'm only 12 at the time. Uh, we're a first division club, while the balls are in the Premier Division. We draw the first game on Talca one all with David Cassidy missing his sitter in the last minute to win for us. I leave Talca thinking we'd blown our chances. Fast forward a few days to a memorable night. Castle makes up for his miss in the first game by giving us the lead. Baz makes a worldly penal save, low to his right, to deny the Bowes player manager fairly. Into the second half and Pascoli ascends to the stands. Cue Castle again, who picks the ball up around 25 yards out. Runs across the box beating three balls players before firing an unstoppable shot into the roof of the net past Stephen O'Brien. Bedlam ensues. With Robert fans going absolutely mental. Pascoli has to be calmed down by the Shearers and the Jody for his wild celebrations. And to put the cherry on the top, Faraday is sacked straight away by balls. There's a video there's a video of him being uh, apprehended by Stewart's yeah. <laughs> being being costed. Uh, he was hound about the pitch that night. Uh, Colm O'Dwyer, he says, 1969 Cup Final Replay versus Cork Celtic. That's going back. This is in Daily Mount. We barely got out with a draw in the first game. Teams were just about to start, and Paddy Mulligan was kicking the spare ball off. He hit our number 11, Tommy Kinsella, and knocked him out. <laughs> oh, Poor guy had to be substituted before the game started. <laughs> However, all ended well as we won 4 1 for our six in a row. Uh, Sean Fields, he says, first ever Rowers game against Sligo at Talca Park in 2007. Barry Murphy went down injured, and it was the first time I'd ever seen 15 minutes at a time. 15? Since the head injury? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, some say that probably fucked him up a bit. Like, Which was? The head injury that Barry Murphy. Baz got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did, he was a changed man. Threw him right? off a little bit after mm, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Happened to him again, didn't it, in uh, 2014 against Sligo. He hit the post he, with his head. He got knocked he, out a couple of weeks ago up in Dundalk. He was knocked, yeah. knocked out. I mean, he was talking yep. about it then later on the season. He was saying, like, oh, I didn't know where it was. But then he played on for the rest of the match. <laughs> so Sean continues, he says, If memory serves, he were beaten 3-2. But I had well and truly caught the bug. And it was, start, it was the start of a beautiful love affair that still continues to this day. So the next story we have is from El Nilo. And the uh, 2014 quarterfinal replay, uh, he fell down the terrace in Oriel in an embarrassing attempt to get on the wall to celebrate Shep's winner. 
absolute pandemonium that night could barely walk and had to limp to the car after somehow managed to take a wrong turn driving home and ended up lost in Cross McLean turned out he tore ligaments in his ankle and suffered a hairline fracture to his foot fun times so we have Andrew Carefoot he said the cup final against Derry and Talga 2002 as a 9 year old going to the pub before the match and to see one of the lads from the bar staff getting locked in the cellar by Rovers fans then to be left there as everybody headed to the ground in grey voice then the event that happened with uh, with the pitch side fire to be evacuated on the pitch even though we lost it was an unforgettable experience for a 9 year old now 15 years on it gives me a laugh bleeding Stewart and he smokes yeah <laughs> and then we have Paul McGrath uh, the one that comes to mind for me is the cup final in 1955 in Daily Mount against St. <laughs> in front of over 30,000 people everything was in black and white then but it's super so we had Paul taking the piss <laughs> Paul would you fuck off do you know what have you had a spot prize yet for a competition oh no you come up with a spot prize give him a fucking give him something stupid <laughs> no seriously give him something stupid as a spot prize for this is Paul McGrath uh, he, gets it, he gets it from his brother uh, go well, obviously brother, yeah. everyone was dead now he probably was there for it but it wasn't the best story ever this one about Cork where they were tuning up and we scored three in the last ten minutes no, the, the, the ribbon the, 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 cork, the Cork ribbons on the, the, the cork yeah. board member who had gone out bought champagne bought champagne yeah. Yeah. put Cork ribbons on the fucking cup yeah the Cork gave, ribbons gave, on it, the cup. gave it to Rovers to use themselves to celebrate yeah. your, man, no your, your man left Daily Mount and the cork ribbons went on the cup two and up and your man went out and fucking got, their, got the champagne and all getting ready for the fucking no way and Rovers came back popped it that's how the story goes anyway some what's that that's how the story that's goes that's how the story goes it's probably a romantic <laughs> story probably yeah. Yeah. nicked it off and yeah. bait him up and nicked it off yeah. the best, best individual piece of opportunism what I've ever seen in the FA Cup was Gino Brazil at the RDS in 95 and Rovers are playing a first round tie against College Corinthians nobody Cork from Cork, Cork yes. yeah. and Rovers I think Rovers were wounded up at the time and Gino had the ball just over the halfway line it was uncharted territory for Gino right and there was six College Corinthian midfielders stroke defenders standing square and Gino had the foresight to chip the ball over the lot of them and run through and got on the other end of the ball so he, he met the end of his own pass he met the end of his own pass no, never seen anything like it a few of the lads a few of the experts here might verify that but best piece of opportunism I've ever seen in the FA Cup was there a video him. knocking around in England I think it was United against Leeds and someone did that basically the team they were playing played the offside trap yeah they were so caught they were the caught player who yeah. was the player maker who'd normally pass the ball out mm. Just done the same thing. Oh, he them flat Chipped it over and went through and goal, and he fucking missed. Do you know what? Funnily enough, that you said that, right? We, I, I remember playing for Pat years ago, and we went to we went to Maastricht to play a tournament, right, in MVV Stadium, oh. and we were over there playing. We got to the yeah. final, and uh, we ended up winning two one. But Club Bruges, we played in the final, and we for some reason we were playing the offside trap. And we played the offside trap and we ran out and their centre forward just ran through the whole lot of us and stroked it home. And we were there going, the offside trap's supposed to work. (laughs) But we ended up winning 2-1. It was a fantastic trip. Great experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It it reminds me of that. So so we've decided our winners. Carl, give us a drum roll. Come on. I know your hands are full. literally no room for a drum roll. Give us us a table full of chocolate. And our winner is... It's Don't Star, Paul Donahue. What a fantastic story about actually holding the FAI Cup. Yeah, well deserved. Giving it right back. Oh, you wouldn't have gave it back in fairness. But uh, we have Darren Glennon for a runner-up. And Carl, what's the other one? 
The other runner-up is Colm O'Dwyer for his 69 story. Colm O'Dwyer. So guys, we will be in touch with or you soon. 69 still. story. Yes, yeah. his, his 1969 story. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be in touch with your prizes soon, so don't you worry. And um, yeah, so that's it. We had uh, Noel Larkin, uh, Rovers FAI Cup hero. He was a special guest in the Glenmore Suite for the Harps game. And we had a chat with Noel, so we're going to roll that one out now. Right, we're here with Rovers legend Noel Larkin and he's home from Brisbane, Australia. And Noel, you made your debut for your local club at Lone in 1971 as a left-back. You were very versatile and you played all different positions before going up front for Rovers. I was actually. I uh, I remember playing my very first game at Talca Park and um, uh, Terry Byrne was a, a winger for Shells at the time. And uh, he gave me an absolute roasting in the first <laughs> half and I managed to stay in the game for the second half and following week I played against Dundalk, or Bo, uh, yeah, Dundalk and Athlone and as a left back as well and then went from there to right back and centre back and everywhere else yeah, so. so you actually played in all those positions and I then found your home eventually I played in every position in the, in the park except goalkeeper <laughs> I wasn't mad enough to be a goalkeeper um, yeah and I uh, had one season when Athlone won the second championship I think it was in 83 um, I went up front for that season and ended up leading goal scorer and uh, you know did quite well and then the following season I was put back centre back again so, yeah, you were a teenager when the glamorous AC Milan came to a very mucky St Mel's Park this was 1975 Rovers terrace favourite hold me close by David Essex was top of the charts and uh, let's start with the home leg what are your last memories of that game um, I remember the guys the SC Milan guys uh, arriving in the bus at St Mel's Park the big stadium that it was and getting off and walking through the muck in all their uh, glamorous ge- uh, you know, Italian gear, gear you know? leather shoes the leather mm. shoes and actually there is a photograph um, down in Athlone of yeah. guys getting off the bus and the tiptoeing through the smoke yeah so I was looking at this morning I had yeah. AC Milan in the front of the bus that's right and then the other part was I think we had every uh, fish and chip shop owner from uh, from from um, Ireland oh, yeah. in, in Samuel's Park <laughs> that day as well so yeah it was good great, great experience and poor John Minnick he'll never live down that penalty miss from that game seems like every year he's asked to recreate the penalty or someone will bring it up in the pub or never let him forget it well I believe uh, just recently in, um, on RT they had uh, Creedence Shannon um, I don't know I can't remember the name of the chap that, that does the program but uh, he did uh, he had John Minnick down in Samuels Park retaking the penalty so <laughs> uh, uh, John will live you know, it lives it'll live on forever and ever with John but he was he was such a wonderful footballer you know but you know, he's remembered for missing the penalty. All the good things he did were... He, he actually got us to that situation the, the season before that. We, we finished second in the league to qualify for UEFA. And he was the one that got us there with a penalty, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You mentioned the big crowd. I think it was nearly 12,000. I was watching the clip back today and realised it was actually Jimmy McGee on commentary for the game. So sad news that he passed away this week. Yeah, it was very um, sad to hear. I just, I just got back in. I was in Italy um, all this last uh, seven days and I got back in, in this morning and just heard that Jimmy had passed away. Um, he was an absolute wonderful man. Um, uh, he was a, a great supporter of, of every sport, not just soccer here, but uh, an absolute wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, it was very sad to hear of, of his passing. And in the second leg, what was it like playing at a packed San Siro? Well, um, for me, it was a, it was a cracker because uh, I was actually marking the guy who was making his return that night was Giovanni Rivera, and uh, World, Cup captain, World, World Cup, Cup captain, and he was making his comeback. And we walked out in the park before the game, and they were throwing flares down. Perspective on how old were you? 
I was 19. 19, Mark of the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> and and there was there were flares coming down from everywhere, and you know it was scary enough. We went back inside, walked out with both teams, walked out, and then he went, did a lap of honour. And there were guys going around with trolleys behind them, and people throwing bouquets of flowers over the moat because there was a big moat around the, the yeah, San Siro yeah. at the time. And they were picking up these bouquets of flowers. And then I actually marked them that night. And it was a great game. It was a great game. We were, I think, 60 or 70 minutes into the game. It was still no score. But he came up to me after the game and he said, you played very well. So that was nice. Oh, yeah, definitely. Good memory. The fact that Atlanta wore the same coloured jerseys into Milan, did that rile the fans up even more? Big time. Big time. And I don't think they realised until we walked out on the park, you know. So uh, I, I don't know whether we wore Atlanta shirts that night or we wore into Milan shirts. <laughs> so. <laughs> but no, it certainly perked them up a bit even more. Uh, you moved to Rovers in 1984. What was the deciding factor in you being coaxed out of retirement to pull on the hoops jersey? Well, it was a bit of a... I suppose going back over... You mentioned earlier on versatility you know that was in my game and I played everywhere and then when I settled into that one season at Athlone as a striker I really enjoyed it and you know the rewards came true for for it and uh, being pushed around again I suppose was the start of it Um, Turlock was a very good manager and you know he had his own ideas about where players would play and I was one of those that he wanted yeah for different he positions. And yeah, and um, exactly. And I just I thought let's um, with uh, he brought in Roddy Collins as a striker and put me back centre back and then towards the end of that season Roddy got injured and I went back up front and I, I think I scored a bag of goals in about yeah. five games and and then next season I started which was the season I come to Rovers back at centre back again and I got a rollicking after a game up in Dalymont Park and. And uh, I just said that Tuesday night, I got another rollick and I just said, I've had enough, I'm out of here. Yeah, but two weeks later, I um, got a phone call from him and said, Jimmy McLaughlin wants to talk to you, interested in going. I said, yeah, I'll be there. Okay. And uh, you won three doubles in three seasons, the fourth in 1985 when you scored the winning goal in the cup final against Galway. That's right. You remember that? I do indeed. A uh, special one and uh, my first cup final. Um, it was... Uh, a tap in John Cody did all the work down the left hand side yeah. just crossed it over and I just happened to get there between the Tom Lally I think and the, their centre back and tapped it in so and they all count they? every one of them and yeah. uh, I can even believe that Rovers haven't won the trophy in 30 years not since the 1987 final against Dundalk when you were on the score sheet again I didn't realise that. Yeah, it's a big, a long wait for a, a cup specialist team. Yeah, yeah it really is. Um, so hopefully this year, um, you know, last last week's result against Dundalk is past. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, this uh, coming semi final now that they can get themselves into yeah. another final and, and and pick it up. Yeah, but uh, that was a good one. I remember that one <laughs> against Dundalk. Yeah, I, I, I got a cracker that day. Pat Byrne did. 20 yards. Oh, it was cracker. Pat crossed the ball from way out in the right, and I was just inside our own half. And all he gave it was one touch and let it roll on and just cracked it. Yeah, and it was nice. special. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fans say that you and McBurn linked up very well. They would have called it marriage made in heaven. So, what was the key to that successful 80s team? Was that an important part? Um, I think um, we just wanted to do well, you know, and, and um, uh, Mick and I became very good close friends. Um, both on and off the park, you know. Mick would come. Mick and Trish would come down and visit Marion and I in Athlone, and um, and spend weekends down there. And you know, we we had a very close uh, relationship as as off the park, and I think that that helped a long way on the park. 
Um, you know, Mick was Mick and I worked well off each other. I was kind of good in the air, and Mick was good on the ground, and you know, it worked well and it gelled well, and yeah, we had a good time. Good time. Uh, Rawers would play big friendlies in Milltown as well against like Man United and Arsenal, and you scored in wins over both of those. So, was there much of a gap in the standards, and like who stood out for those English teams? Um, I think there was. Look, there was. They came over the first time they came over. I think was might have been for Shea Brennan's testimonial United that time, right. and we beat them. And then they came back six months later to uh, revenge. Alex Ferguson's first season in charge, I believe. I didn't know that. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, but they came back again, and you know, said they were, they were here to, to make up for what happened before, and we beat them again. Um, you know, I think um, certainly they were far superior. There's no doubt. But on the on the on the occasions that night, you know, we put you in imagine. we put in a good performance. Mm-hmm. We had a bloody good team, you know, and we were well into our season, and it was probably early in their season. And I think that's the difference between what you see in Europe now for Irish teams, and what happened back then when when we got into Europe then you hadn't even started pre-season training yeah. whereas the teams now are well into a season so they've, you know, they've got a good set up going and they've got a good team um, atmosphere going and you know they're well into their season so they've got good games under the belt before they hit to Europe you know so yeah so what do you remember um, from the day that the news came out about Milltown being sold and the last game against Sligo in 87 um, I remember the rightly saw the the crowd out in the middle of the park um, at that uh, half time at the the Rovers. I think it was the Rovers uh, Cup replay. I think it was. Um, not sure, um, but I think it was one of the we played Sligo Rovers in the in there were three games to decide who was going to the cup final, yeah. and I think it was the, the last game was was the second game of that. Um, you know, as a player, you you have different. Uh, I suppose you, you don't understand the reality of what's going on. You know, the spectators have more of a grasp than we had. I think we just wanted to go and play football, yeah. and you know, um, and I, I think remember, I remember Dermot uh, later on in, in in time saying we really didn't understand the situation as much as we should have. Because the fans are watching from from it's it's their everything, and and it's not to say that you don't understand, but it's it's like I said, you're just there to play football. That's all. That's, you know, that's it. It's um, you know, um, the whole game is about. It's about players. Mm. It's about family. It's about supporters, and it's about the club. You know, that's what the game is about. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I'll never forget. Uh, and it brought home to me. I scored in one of the cup finals. My dad was a very quiet man from Athlone, and. He was a good footballer, a good boxer, a good athlete, you know. But he never left at long. But he came up the four cup finals I played. And he came up in the train with my brother. And I had seats for him in, in the stand. I think it was the, the Dundalk game when I scored a second goal. And uh, when we were going up, before we went up to pick up the trophy um, and get our medals, I heard him shouting. And I could see him over in Dalymount Park with his hands through the fence. And uh, it was all fenced around Dalymount Park that time. And I went over and the tears were pouring down his eyes. Now, my dad was a hard man, mm. really hard man, you know. But the tears were pouring down his eyes with, with pride and joy. Nice and that brought home to me what game of football's about, yeah. you know. And the spectators that we had at Rovers, you know. I, I, I believe Big Declan's going to the games all the time here. Still here, yeah. here in the main And stand, the people yeah. like Deck were just wonderful for, you know. So it's about the players, it's about the family. 
Yeah, it's about your supporters, and that's what it makes. You know, that's what we need back into the game. Yeah. You know, you stayed on for the Talca boycott season. Then was that a big distraction on the pitch? I remember Pat Burns saying to me one time after a game, he said, Jesus, he said, this is horrible. He said, it's like being on stage and you're doing a performance and there's no, there's no audience out there. And then we go back outside the door and all the lads were out there. And we all went over every time the game was over and you know, met the lads there. You know. It was shocking. It, um, yeah, um, at the end of that season, at the end of that season, then um, Jim came in and, and brought um, a few of us up to uh, Derry, but myself, John Cody, um, um, Paul Doolan, Mick Neville, Kevin Brady. You know. Well, uh, I always say that 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 Rover side of that time, I'm convinced that we we could have done six in a row, because the following season Dundalk lost that or won that championship when we were at Talca. There weren't many points behind. We weren't many points behind them, and then five of us went to Derry that next year and won the treble. You know, so could have been six in a row. So we believe that you have a story about Omar Sharif. Ray Wilson told us you have to oh, tell us. So if you can make it quick, we know. <coughs> no, you're right. We mentioned earlier on uh, the AC Milan game in Milan in the San Siro Stadium, and um, I was the only Athlone player in the first eleven. The rest of them are from Dublin and Derry and places like that. Mm. Mick O'Brien was a great goalkeeper in his day and from Dublin Mick was a character and we walked into this um, the Leonardo da Vinci Hotel spectacular hotel outside of Milan walked in and who was standing at the, at the reception area only Omar Sharif and all you could hear forgive my Dublin accent here but he, all you could hear was ah Jesus Omar how are you getting on and, and he went over and he threw his arms around him now he was aware that we were arriving and he's a, he's a massive supporter of Paris Saint-Germain, great soccer supporter. And we got photographs taken with him, we welcomed us all and the whole lot. But every time you went looking for Mick, you couldn't find him. And you go, Omar Sharif was there to play a bridge tournament, as he was a big international bridge player. And every time you went looking for Mick, he was in the bridge room, sitting next to Omar Sharif, watching him play a bridge. <laughs> that's true as fact we'd go out training and even getting New on the bus I swear to God and then he got on the bus and he came to the game with us in uh, in San Syra yeah 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 I say and then uh, we didn't see him afterwards but yeah he came to the game so but that was our Nick O'Brien and our Omar Sharif and that Lone Town story well I said that was Noel Larkin and uh, very interesting stuff wasn't it yeah lovely, lovely fella as well lovely guy yeah Chatting um, away about Omar Sharif and all sorts of cool stuff, playing bridge. Tommy Cannon is his biggest fan. Tommy Cannon is, is his biggest fan, is he? No lacking, no lacking. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Cannon is his biggest fan. Yeah, Ray Wilson recommended that we interview uh, Noel. He came back from uh, Australia with him. Yeah. And he gave him a tour of Rosestone. I'm sure he's very impressed. He had to have been because it's the next, it's, it's the next level in, in the Rovers' uh, evolution, isn't it? And uh, we have Carl's FAI Cup stats coming up right now. So we have Finn Harps. That was Rowers' fourth consecutive league win. The Hoops won five in a row between the 2015 and 2016 seasons, but haven't done it in a single campaign since to September 2011. Six league home games without a clean sheet is now a total record. So Gary Shaw scored his 10th league goal of the season. Carl Shepard 2011 and Mike Drennan 2015 are the only other strikers in the Tala era to hit double figures in the league apart from Gary Twig, a.k.a. G.O.D. God. 
So we have Dean Carpenter made his league debut. It was Luke Bourne's first game since October, since August 7th. Well, Sean Boyd made the bench for the first time since August 4th. And we thought he'd be out for the season. Yeah, we thought, we thought it was going to be a bad injury. He's back sooner than expected. So we have Brando, who has scored six goals in his last five games. Mille has scored all 13 of his goals in Dublin this season. Tala, Daily Mount and Talca Park, he got 12 goals in all competitions in 2005 and 11 2016. That's a fantastic stat, Carl. So he has scored all his goals in Dublin. Brilliant, brilliant stuff there. So uh, Mille scored Rovers' first free kick since he scored one at Longford on the last day of last season and it was the first that Tallis and Scarry McCabe scored against Wexford the previous August. So we need to improve on the uh, free kick scoring charts. We have all seven goals that James Doon has scored in his Rovers career have been as a sub. Duna has scored four goals in two starts and 11 sub-appearances in the league this season. In all competitions, he has scored six goals in three starts and 17 sub-appearances. He has spent 527 minutes on the pitch, which is a goal every 88 minutes, which is a goal a game. There you go. Wow. The school street soldier is banging them in. Told you it was lethal. So he is the first rower sub to score a brace since Carl Shepard in the 2014 FAI Cup quarter-final replay in Dundalk. Gary is shaking his fist there. So Gary McCabe was the first. Uh, oh, sorry, he was the last to do it. Gary McCabe was the last to do it in the league in Drada in 2013. Doing it is the Rover sub to score twice in talent. Ah, oh, that's a great stat, Carl. First Rover sub. So the first Rover Rover sub to score twice in talent. Yep. The School Street Soldier. So Rovers have qualified for a record 46th FAI Cup final, semi-final. And the next highest is Bowles with 34 and Dundalk with 33. And it's Rovers' third semi-final in five seasons. Dundalk have now reached three consecutive semis for the first time since 1936. Oh, matron. Matron. <laughs> so since their last FAI Cup triumph, Rovers have lost the 89 semi-final to Derry, beat Kilkenny in the 1991 and lost to Bowles in 2001 and Dundalk in 2001, 2002. They beat Bowles in 2002 and 2003. They lost to Pats in 2006 and beat them in 2010. Lost to Sligo in 2013 and Derry in 2014. 2010 and 2014 went to replays. Those stats have literally made my brain come out of my ear. Carl, you're welcome. <laughs> that one against Bowles at Daily Mill Park. Mark Henney had a free kick. And we were all behind the goal at the on the Connacht Street at the the tram the tramway end the shopping centre end right. And Mark Kenny's free kick went over the wall, hit the left hand side post, ran across the goal, hit the right hand side post. They cleared it. They went up the end, and Glenn Crow scored the winner. No way! Horrible, 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 horrible stuff. Horrible stuff. Wow. Since the cup games, some nights is just meant to be, you know. That dairy one in twenty fourteen, McPatterson. Last minute equaliser from a corner. Yeah. Me and you, Garrett, yeah. we were talking about where we would sit in the Aviva. Yeah. We said, come on, we go behind the goal. Yeah, no, let's not sit in the upper, oh, upper we'll section go behind this the goal. time. As we were talking, yeah. Patterson scored. Yeah. Oh, that's nuts. And then we oh, just nuts. dissolved yeah. like a sulfidine. And by the way, I um, don't know whether we want this, to put this in, whether you want it or not. Go ahead. Um, the replay against Derry was on, I think, the Monday or Tuesday night. McGuinness sent off. We really, really wanted to run a bus for it because of the significance. Mm-hmm. 
And what was this? Twenty fourteen. Yep. Twenty fourteen. So we priced the bus for the shower. Now was the bus was about eight hundred and fifty quid. Jesus. Now we didn't have the money at the front. Potentially fifteen twenty people gone, and just want to mention a certain hoop who's um, come on board with the club very recently and in the past to help us who basically fronted the bus that it could happen and we had about 45 people on the bus in the end okay we didn't get the result but the bus would have never happened only for this person and, and that's just, what it's all about and just just a thanks, just a thanks to that person it was it was ourselves Tala Hoops Hoops SC or whatever, I think it was anyone and everyone on that bus but um, only for that bus we wouldn't have had the crowd that we had that night the result was unfortunate but for that person just thanks very much I think at the time you didn't want to be named but you know who you are and it's basically for me it's what divides us from any other club you're an absolute legend and yeah what do do of course man definitely deserves his, uh, his, deserves mm-hmm. his props so, Carl, your stats have been interrupted again. <laughs> I said no tangents. <laughs> that had to be mentioned. Okay, had to be mentioned I'll give you that one, Dan. Okay. It was before his opportunity to bring up this person. This You're allowed individual. one tangent. So, one tangent. And you, have, you have used it up now. <laughs> no names. Thank you, Ray Wilson. <laughs> Super razor. So, um, Ray will be listening, looking out on the Sydney Harbour right now. <laughs> So Rovers have won 15 and lost 6 FAO Cup ties to Dundalk. Ronald Finn won the trophy with the Lily Whites in 2015 and lost the 2016 final. He was a man the match in that game, wasn't he? Yep. And we have Rovers beat Dundalk in the semi-finals in 1929. 36, 45, 67, 68 but lost in 38, 42 and 2002. Look at the stats coming out yeah. of a Riley fella. The 1929 game was definitely the toughest. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't, I, I, yeah. we don't want to talk about Everything that. was in black and white then, wasn't it? <laughs> so Dundalk <laughs> went on to win the cup and we're relegating the same season. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Bray did that too in um, 1999. So we have 1984, 85, 86, 87, 91, 2002, 2010. Rovers needed a replay to reach all those finals except for 1986. I can hear the groans of Ashbourne here. It's cracking up. So Sporting Fingal in the 2009 quarter final is the only FAI Cup replay to be played in Tallaght. And just a shout out to the to Hoopsian. We actually managed to turn around a programme. I wasn't involved at the time, but to turn around the programme in two days. Bashed out a program yeah, with that replay. That's pretty phenomenal. So, phenomenal stuff. So, so. so if this Dundalk game goes to replay, we've got three days. Yeah, I'd listen. They'll do a standing on their heads. So <laughs> Rovers' record FAI Cup win was a 7-0 victory against Dundalk in Milltown 1964, which is also Dundalk's worst ever defeat in this competition. Rovers have won each of the last 26 matches that Brandon Miller has scored in, and he has never scored against Dundalk. So hopefully... He finally scored against Harps mm. last week. That was his first one. So we have in three of their four meetings with Dundalk this evening. Rovers have had a player sent off. Graham Bork, Darren Meenan and Aaron Bulger. So hopefully we can keep the, our men on the pitch. Do you notice that um, it was a female interviewer was talking to Bradley after the league final and she said that's that to him. And she was like, is that a concern? And Bradley just went, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Boom. Moved on. Chopped down. Yeah. So in their last FAI Cup meeting in 2014 Carl Shepard scored twice in the last 10 minutes to win the quarter final cup replay at Oriel Park Rovers are looking to reach their 34th FAI Cup final so we've re- if, if we reach our 34th FAI Cup final that means we have won 24 that is some record 
phenomenal. That's phenomenal when you say Jesus Christ. And then we aim for our number 17. So Dundalk reached back to back to finals in 87 and 88. And again in 2015-2016. And we have Dundalk and Cork have contested the last two FAI Cup finals. This happened only twice before, Rovers and Dolphin in 1932 and 1933 when Rovers played Limerick in 65 and 66. Dolphin, are we talking it's outside there, Carve? Were they? They're a Dublin club anyway. Yeah, yeah I, they, I, I don't know. Dolphins, Dolphin Barnes, I, I, that's, what that's, I would, that's what I would have thought. Dolphins yeah. Barnes. Mm. We'll, we'll definitely check that one out, but we have Rovers have reached the FAI Cup final. And the League Cup in the same season only once before, and that was both against Dundalk in '87. And when Rovers won the third of three consecutive doubles, mm. which was a fantastic time for Rovers. Uh, Paddy Cole scored a record of 37 goals in the FAI Cup. Paddy Moore scored the most for Rovers in one cup campaign, nine in 1932. And then we have William Saki Glenn had seven winners' medals and two runner up medals for the hoops. So, uh, lads, what do you think of the stats? The stats are pretty well thoroughly researched. <laughs> it's next level we're, stuff. We're swept, we're swept in FBI Cup history. Ah. Literally. We're just swept in history. We're all drowning in it's, stats right now. We were all, we were all slagging Pats uh, when they won it the year before our last. And we, were all, we were all saying that it was a... We make your own history. We, we, were, we were all saying that it was a... <clears throat> it was something that they were... It was the Holy Grail, and this this thing, this thing basically is the Holy Grail for. And we have young Jaden here. Jaden, what do you think of the stats? Are They're really good. They're really good. And tell me, who's your player of the season this year? Uh, Shawzi. Shawzi. And what way is Shawzi your player of the year? Because he scored so many goals. Scored so many goals. And because of his mask as well. And because of the mask. The mask is cool, isn't it? Yeah. And tell me, who, who, if you had to pick somebody else for your player of the year, who would it be? Uh, Trevor. Trevor? Why do you think Trevor's your player of the year? Well, he's fast. He's fast, is he? <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's young Jaden. That's good enough. Fast. So he's fast. That's yeah, good <laughs> that's good enough. Good fair enough. enough. Are you as superstitious as Maloney is about the stats, lads? Because he is quite the superstitious well, I mean, when, man. When you start reading out stats, they they do play in your mind. You know what I mean? Well, they, they do. You know. But I don't think the I don't think Book O'Connor has a kind of hoodoo on Rovers at the moment. Oh, but it would do. You know, without without putting too fine a point on it, and he kind of just he kind of does, you know. Yeah. It's not to say that we come a cropper every time we come against a, a Liam Buckley side, but we seem to do. The, that's that's the, the stats. Thing, the yeah. stats confirmed this. <laughs> it, it's funny, like because kind of before going into doing the job in Paddy Power, you know, you kind of be looking at games at the face of it, and sometimes thinking, you know, you you do better or worse in the game, but when you actually learn kind of the way the true odds of a game and the way it's modelled and stuff like that I mean all this superstitious so you have a source at this day all, all this superstitious shit completely goes out the window but what's yeah. funny what's funny is all these kind of stats they actually do play on how so really? they, they definitely yeah. do I mean like you find out I mean you, you kind of price these things off the way you know Rovers form and stuff like that and you look at kind of you actually go back to kind of all the stats towards how many free kicks they have, throw-ins they have, matching up against a team like Dundalk, say, who, you know, how many goals they scored, how much they how much possession they have in the match. And then they price it, but all these kind of hoodoo stuff, I mean, they do take it into account and it's it's 
it's pretty interesting, like, you know, when you kind of look at it on Facebook, but, um, going into this game against Pats now, on paper, you'd think that we would just hockey them 3-0. Yeah, you would. On the because... From yeah. a fan's perspective? But from no a fan's way. perspective. We, we well, no, well, no, like, we, no, you'd hockey them from... You'd hockey them from a perspective of somebody who's looked at past last few games, our last few games, mm. the strength of the teams, how many goals are scoring, how many corners we're having, how many free kicks, how you know, how many they can see, all that kind of stuff. But because we're playing Pats, because it's a derby, because we've only won one game in ten. To me, that's the that, most important. That stuff. definitely mm. weighs no, no, on it. Yeah, it weighs yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and it's 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 kind of like the time. The time bookies actually lose on a game is this stuff because oh yeah the the real tight ones it it's more so the kind of you know hoodoo kind of side of it or whatever you want to call the it the bucko factor the bucko factor, factor you know but like seriously if there's ever a time to try and make your money out with something where it seems blatantly obvious that a team's gonna win it's games like this I don't wanna fuck ourselves up I hope we win on Monday. <laughs> I hope we, we just have Daniel. You just yeah, have. I hope we win yesterday, as you would be listening. Yeah, hope I haven't jinxed it. Otherwise, I never hear the end of it, especially from you, Maloney. But anyway, <laughs> so that was uh, that was Carl's FAI Cup stats, which are gorgeous as usual, and uh, we're gonna have um, our starting elevens and predictions. <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to go with Tomer. I'm going to go with Madden at Roy Full, Pico and Grace. That partnership at the middle is working so well. Who else? Lukey at left back. Lukey at left back. So Jaden wants Lukey at left back. And then we're going to go McAllister and Finn in the centre of midfield. And we're going to go Trevor and Dune. I think Dune deserves a start. I think he needs to... Trevor, Dune and Shaw. You want, you want Shaw? Yeah. Right, this is so Jaden starting 11. Yeah, this is Jaden starting 11. So Gary we're offering have... his input. Yeah. <laughs> I think Brando needs to play behind Shawzy. And uh, it's a big issue with left full. I mean, we seem to get constantly attacked at a left full position. So I think Lugie is back in the squad and he'll be able to deal with that. So um, he'll have uh, he'll have Duffy in his pocket. So Carl, what do we think? What do you think? My starting eleven is same is Tomer and the same back four as you. Right. And I'm gonna go McAllister, Finn, Trevor Clark. And Cameron King. Oh, and you're starting the King. Hello, Keeping hello. him in there. Hey, Chips. Brand, <laughs> Brando beside, behind Shazi, and I'm going to spring Bolger from the bench. Oh, there we go. Difference maker. So if, uh, I, I reckon if we need him, if we need him to, to be sprung from the bench to hold on to yeah. our, uh, our, our, our two or three nil lead. So what do you think? <laughs> Jane, do you think we'll be Pats out in Ninja Corps tomorrow? Yeah. What score? 4 0. 4-0. Oh, make, make a 5 so we can equal that foxy <laughs> oh, yeah. record. So that's a great show from Jaden. My real prediction is... If it was 5-0, we have a new world record. New world record? Well, <laughs> okay. My real prediction yeah. is a one hour draw and beat them in Tala. Oh, beat them in Tala. In the replay. Me and Carl, we always have this conversation about would we take a draw? I don't know. I think, I think Dundalk have... I think Dundalk have a better record in replays over the over recent seasons and I think it's down to their fitness levels and right. their ability to dig things out I think if we're going to go to this cup final I think we're going to have to beat them up there next Sunday so for Dundalk 
probably go with a four four one one. Um, I go with Henchinski in goal. I like that pronunciation. I like your pronunciation. Though. That was very good. With the So rifle, I'd have Simon Madden as always. Lopez, Grace at the back. Lukey Bourne back in the left full. I think we've been missing that a lot lately. In the middle, I probably have Ron Finn and Bulger. I'd have Trevor on the wing, on the left. And Duna on the right. And then I'd have Shaw front with Mila in behind. That's it. 4 4 one, one. That's a nice nice formation. Keep it nice and tight. So that's the, the Gary Twig Supporters Club text went there yesterday. We have the Gary Twig Supporters Club semi-final express. I love that. The semi-final it's express. Good. Good, yeah. That will leave Tallet Stadium at 1pm on Sunday for Dundalk. It's an early departure for a stop off before the game, and and we'll still only arrive fifteen minutes before, before kick off. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you the location will be revealed on the day, so it's adults for twenty quid, students and OIPs are fifteen, and kids are under ten are five. So, to book text back or get in touch with Dan as soon as possible, and uh, the bus will fill up quickly. So we might as well uh, do our business now, Carl. Lads, can we put ourselves down for the bus? Uh, it's full. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> no, we always uh, should have done it yesterday. We are taking advance bookings for next year's semi final. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have you down, but genuinely, this trip we've been inundated with demand. Oh, really? Yeah. I say by the time this goes out, we'll be full. Well, stick us down for two plus one child anyway. Don't. Plus one child, we actually didn't have Jay. He could sit on me lap. Lads, best and worst away ground to go to. Best ground would be either um, Eamon Deasy Park for the reception you get, um, caters for everything you want, um, or for the experience itself, football-wise, Cork City's grounds is probably the best array ground in the country. Except for the toilets, on yeah. Ex- one well, part except, except for the toilets, absolutely, yeah. yeah good point, good point. And Dave um, Burry and his sweaty if chips. You're, if you're talking shitholes, you're talking Oriel Park, full stop. Dan, number one shit hole in the country. Yeah, I'd probably say Cork is definitely the modern sort of ground. Um, we've been in there before where there were seven, seven and a half thousand and it's it's what you want. Atmosphere, you know. It's what you want yeah, in this country yeah, and it's something that do, the yeah. country, yeah. this league should strive for. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be like that in a few except, years. Except but for the toilets, they need to upgrade yeah. their game. The but so such, I mean, when you look at Dundalk, Dundalk's an absolute shit hole. And I remember, like, they nearly kind of upgraded some of their facilities or will upgrade them just based on the sheer money that they got in mm. but what I thought was funny about the press release at the time it was maybe two years ago they said that the away facilities will not be looked into at this time mm. fuck you Dundalk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right so uh, now we're going on to one of our favourites it's called a list of hatred. And, it's, a, uh, it's a double list of hatred this time. It's a double list of hatred. So lads, you can come between you can come to an agreement between yourselves. Who do you want on the list of hatred? We already have Conan Bourne, we have John Caulfield, we have whoever broke Shawzy's face. We have the Brennan. We have the drunken monkey from Reykjavik. We, we have, have the Brennans. <laughs> we have Thomas Davis. Thomas yeah. Davis. Do you have Do you have Greg Bulger on the list of hatred? No. no. Who? Right. What has he done? Carl? Right. There's, 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 there's a little fucking weasel right there, okay? Ooh, weasel. And Greg Bulger is a guy who, his sole goal when he's playing in a football match is to take out a player in the first 10 minutes. Do you know what? And I wouldn't disagree with you. Do you know that. what? The best part 
was a game we played against Pats about two or three years ago. Greg Bolter tried to take out McPhail, failed to do so. A minute later, McPhail broke his jaw and we were all fucking delighted. <laughs> he was, McPhail only got a yellow, but you know what? It was just brilliant. You know what, Greg Bolger, I completely him, agree him with that. He's a him, bit of a wheeze, isn't he? Him or, him or Quitaro. But, Do you know what, is a good show you know as well. What? But I, I, think, I think Bolger might have broken Shazzy's face. We'll have to check back that. We'll have to check it back. But um, Do you agree with that, Paul? Have you got anybody else that, do, that is just jumping <coughs> at the bit to jump on this well, list of hatred? Yeah, well, Lean right in there. Get I, into I, I, I definitely agree with that, right? That, great point. Well made. And McPhail sorted him out. Ultimate professional. You know, getting wait, waiting for the moment to get his revenge there. Uh, have we added the FAI in general? We haven't got the no, FAI. Have, have we added the? We FAI can in have general? a double. Act. We because, can have Greg Bulger and the FAI on because, our list. Of well, well I, I, I would love to add the FAI and stroke the guards because you're, ta- <laughs> you're talking about a situation. Be broad. You're talking about a situation <laughs> next Sunday where you, can you can you imagine can you imagine the the the, the pre match you know. This, this kind of getting together talking about how many tickets they're going to give to Rovers you know and we've had this before where the FAI whitewashed the responsibility for it and the guards say well no we don't want more than 500 of them coming up from Dublin <laughs> you know so we wholeheartedly recommend it given the overtime slab that we have you know we're not going to be able to look after more than 500 of them cretins coming up cretins uh, so, 100% so agree with you that's what we that's, that's what you're up against I, I, I believe firmly that at the moment given the fact that it's a semi-final it should be played in a neutral stadium mm-hmm. I would rather travel I've said this already to a few couple of lads I would rather travel to Cork to play yeah. Dundalk in I said semi-final. that on last week's show I think we, we have neutral venues we, we would for have the semis. you would mm-hmm. have behind that what's I, can, I don't even know the name of that stand that they call behind the goal they normally give us the corner. You would easily accommodate a thousand Rovers fans down there on the day. Easy. Easily, right? You could give Dundalk the main stand and that fucking shed that they have. We would easily have enough. We, we, you would accommodate everybody, right? I think it's a lack of imagination on the fans and I think this is, the, this is a whole pre... It's a prerequisite to the whole shortage of ticket things that, you know, you know you're not going to get more than five, six... 700 max with Dundalk because mm. of the state of facilities plus the influence of the guards we know that ourselves we've had that this season already with Galway it's been proven to us you know we've been told yeah so I don't I want, I want to add both the FAI and the Gardaí to this little hatred because <laughs> yeah, they just agree. don't give a shite about supporters right so hold on we have Paul who is adding the Gardaí and the FAI and we have Dan who is adding Greg Boulder to the list of hatred so officially the FAI the Gardaí and Greg Bulger you are added to the list of a hatred we'll get Quartaro before he retires yeah, don't I'm sure we? he will but uh, now we're going to have a bit of crack now we have Paul I'm going to go with you first Jesus. and we have some quick fire Questions. So lean in there, and we'll, we'll sort you out. So, okay, eighties oh. or nineties? Fuck, oh, well, nineties then. Nineties. White or brown chocolate? White. Jellies or crisps? Very enthusiastic. Crisps. Finish the sentence. The FAI are shite. <laughs> what superpower would you like to have? Uh, 
I'd like to be able to hear through walls. <laughs> hear through walls. So super sensitive hearing. Super sensitive hearing. So Batman or Superman? Uh, definitely Batman. Superman. Batman pulls all the boards. <laughs> Batman pulls all the boards. Finish the sentence. Donald Trump is. Oh, I don't know. He's a troublemaker. Troublemaker. Your your go-to choice of drink. First drink you'd buy in the bar. First drink. Uh, Jack Daniel's single barrel. Jack Daniel's single barrel. Hangover cure. Uh, strawberry milkshake McDonald's. <laughs> Stuck on a desert island One movie and one music artist For the rest of your days One movie and one, one movie um, 2001 A Space Odyssey And one music One artist Yeah one artist uh, I would have to say A bit of new order Bit of new order I thought it was the best mode A bit of new order So uh, favourite city Favourite city Berlin Berlin uh, Go to karaoke song Go to karaoke song um, The Gambler Kenny Rogers <laughs> yeah, And the last thing you binge watched Last thing I binge watch would have been, um, oh Jesus, uh, Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan, it was very good. I'm on season yeah. six, myself, fantastic, <clears throat> isn't it? Yeah. You can't be as far as the man. He's not. <laughs> oh, how about that? <laughs> but uh, he's like he's like Roddy. Oh, Roddy. he is. He's Roddy. Yeah. He touches torn to shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finish the sentence. John Delaney is. How many? How many expletives can you yeah, use? Here? As many as you want. John, he, he's he, mystic asshole. <laughs> and uh, finally, your porn star name, your first ever pet, and the name of the street you grew up on. Chippy. <laughs> Chippy. Uh, oh Jesus. Chippy Pierce. Chippy Pierce. There we go. That'll do. <laughs> and you're up next, Dan. Right down the same amount of view, right? So, eighties uh, or nineties, music wise. Nineties. Nineties. Boy, brown chocolate. White Jellies or crisps Jellies Finish the sentence The FAI are A bunch of wankers <laughs> What superpower would you like to have? I already have superpowers <laughs> Batman or Superman? Hooperman <laughs> Finish the sentence Donald Trump is A tactical genius <laughs> Your go-to drink of choice I'd go with ah, Jack, Jack Daniels and Coke Jack and Coke Hangover cure more Jack Daniels and Coke. <laughs> Stuck on a desert island, one movie and one music artist for the rest of your days. I go with Shawshank Redemption. Same as Shazzy. Music artist. Can I go with a DJ? Of course. Go, whatever right. you want. I go with any mix Graham Park has ever produced. Lovely. And then we have favourite city. Favourite city is Manchester. Go to karaoke song. Do you want to be adored? No. <laughs> I want to be a door. No. Um, what's what's a new order song that was came out late ATA and it was real kind of mainstream song. I feel so extraordinary. Oh, uh, true fate. True fate. Yeah. Yeah. I go a new order. True fate. New order. True fate. And the last thing you binge watched. Last thing I binge watched was Narcos. Finish the sentence. John Delaney is pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, your parents their name. First ever pet and the name of the street you go up on. Um, <laughs> Chippy Pierce. <laughs> or as as uh, what, what did Chazzy say? Cookie Sycamore. That was that a great name. Actually. Chippy Pierce was in. Uh, but that was Irish pardon. Irish pardon. Ah, um, raid me. <laughs> You're one of my guys in Tallinn. Remember? Remember your one. So it's my first first dog. Yeah. First and pet. Street name. Yeah. Right. Um, 
Okay, so Bessie Lons. Bessie Lons. <laughs> Bessie Lons. Bessie Lons. Hello, Bessie Lons. <laughs> right, so um, is that season three in Narcos you watched, isn't it? Season. I watched the four, the three seasons now. The last. I haven't watched weeks. it post uh, Pablo Escobar. No, finished. Really. Finished. Finished the last season last night, and it's absolutely brilliant. Does it's it hold up well post? Do you know? So what they do is they kind of pack. It's almost like they pack a couple of stories into the one series, so you know it's not really dragged out. You think the series is over, but it's halfway through. It just yeah, moves on yeah, to the next yeah. culprit kind of thing. It's mm. brilliant. I mean, Absolutely let's let's be honest. At the moment, like we said, we'd have a, a special on its own about TV. At the moment, TV seems to be just above and beyond yeah. fantastic. At the moment, like at the moment, I'm watching Mr. Mercedes. I've got Ray Donovan. I've got Homeland season six. There's there's so many good programs out yeah. at the moment. It's I just think the, the the competition on uh, Netflix and that mm. different kind of digital mm. approach now to just TV as if used to be cornered for years in the way, mm-hmm. you know, certain stations would get these series, a bit like RTE getting exposed the last few weeks, but Netflix are really putting it up to everyone. Oh, Netflix making their are own. top dogs, man. I mean, at first when Netflix had these kind of shows, I didn't watch them for a while because I thought they'd be shy. You know, it was nearly like straight to video kind of stuff. Yeah, then, yeah. So only when you kind of started watching them, you realised. Do you know what opened my eyes to, really da- to, to Netflix and Carl opened it up as well. He said, girl, check out Daredevil. It's a Is this the blind yeah. fella? Is yeah. it? Excellent. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. excellent program, yeah. and it's all Netflix orientated. And I mean, Carl said it to me as well. If you look at the likes of Ozark, which I'm watching at the moment, mm-hmm. they right. will they will tailor their TV programs to what's popular. <laughs> Carl made a great point about this. It's actually an algorithm. Day. Yeah, they've actually looked up that people. So what's popular? Narcos. People love Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah, and they yeah. love Narcos. So they yeah. literally wrote a program. Combining that those two the, elements, yeah. they combined it completely. Okay. And okay. They, when they brought out the one about Stephen Avery, Daniel Avery, yeah, Mike and Mortar, Daniel Daniel Avery's the fucking the Avery's DJ. DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so now Daniel Avery is a DJ, right? And he was playing over here at the same time that series came out. Somebody actually got half his face and half of Stephen Avery's face, oh, and that okay. was the that was the promotion <laughs> the for the night. Yeah, and he sold out. He sold out that night. He's actually a good DJ. Look him up. But um, yeah, that from that series they made those confession tapes that came out a few weeks ago, which was absolutely brilliant. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically the way that making a murder. Uh, yeah, so it kind of spiraled off making a murder. No, it was the confession tapes. It's only brand new being promoted yeah, on Netflix. And it looks really good. It's oh, ba- I've not heard of this. Yeah. It's basically okay. the way that if somebody got murdered and the police were so inundated with cases that the way they got some cases over the line was they brought in just young lads, mm-hmm. literally talked them in a way that they convinced them that they'd done the murder okay. so that they could yeah. basically just go home back to their family. So when they signed this confession that the police basically talked them into coming up with, okay. that that was enough to stand that they'd be done for murder. Right. And yeah. there's lads who are still... There's these two lads where basically it looked like there was this Islamic killing because they offended a religion but the two lads came home seeing their family murdered but because the two lads were there the mm. police just what they did was there was this rule in Canada where you could actually post murder these guys actually ran away because people just thought straight away it was them so these police pretended to be gangsters and they just said you know try to make them look cool because these guys couldn't get a job so the gangsters looked after them who were the police Gave them food, gave them a job, gave them money. Eventually, Crazy, eventually they got a confession out of them 
because they tried to, you know, make them sound mad. They tried to seem pretty cool. Pretty much grooming them. So the lads yeah, actually came up with a fake. Them, yeah. the, the, the lads came up with a fake story that they killed their parents, and from that confession alone, they got done for. The and murder. that's what the confession tape's all yeah. about. Yeah, and the blood, all out. the blood and all that was done on the scene wasn't even theirs; it was somebody else's. But they disregarded the evidence and never brought it into court. Ah, and when nuts, you appeal, when you appeal the murder. Once that appeal fails, you can't appeal it again. So it's like so double jeopardy. It's like so not being able to be. Yeah, yeah. they're they're there for life yeah. now. They can't get out. And that Stephen Avery thing is the exact same thing where they already appealed it. So no matter what you do, Netflix show or whatever, you, you can't do anything. You're yeah, fucked. Yeah, fucked. But, but Netflix, um, Netflix, I just finished uh, Bojack Horseman. Do you know what, Carl? You told me that. about this, and I've yeah. been watching this for the past few days. Really, have you? I'm loving Bojack. It's I'm absolutely. It's actually quite sad though. I love how insecure he is. Honestly though, I've watched three seasons now, and it, it's it, quite sad. It's very very sad. Like Netflix packages shows, like they want you to binge watch. That's their sort of motto. Yeah. They want you to watch it all in a week or whatever. But you actually. Oh, I want the vanilla white chocolate. Uh, I'm on the white lion bar. A bit of it. You me. actually can't do that with Bowser Carson because there's episodes that are so emotionally draining you're like you have to sort of leave it aside for a few days and then come back to it I haven't got to that point yet but I really do like it I love how he sounds no seriously the writing that show yeah it, I mean it's a ridiculous cartoon about animals and humans animals are humans yeah and humans are animals like there's a horse like his, man his, his agent's a cat like, his, <laughs> like the universe makes no sense yeah but the writing is just out of this world I know no, it's really good it's an incredible show I thought Sue was good as well did you see Sue? No, no, I didn't see that. Sue's where the animals take over. They grow intelligence, basically. Oh, that but, uh, sounds pretty cool. Good. I've very never good. heard of that. Big shout out to Tin Star also on Sky. Tin Star. Yeah. But uh, lads, I wanted to say this is because I love anything to do with music. So you're both heavily invested in the music and DJ game. And Paul, I've been you've been on repeat for the last week. Power State Failure. Uh, a Million Fathoms, is that right? Is that you? Yeah, a thousand fathoms. A thousand yeah, fathoms. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, that, and yeah. do you know what? I, I noticed about your stuff now. I've given you a listen. Pure. I, I wanted to get to know. I wanted to get deep inside you. That sounds wrong, <laughs> but I, I, like I, I didn't live through the eighties, but I felt like I lived through the eighties when I was listening to your music, and I felt like I was watching. The way I could describe it was when I was listening to uh, a thousand fathoms. It was like the start of a really cool eighties film that was chopping and changing from scene to scene. As if, like, let's say there was a scene in an office and then there was a scene of someone having breakfast. Then there was a scene of someone maybe walking their dog and it's like, it's like, like, it really struck me. And I, I, the 80s vibe is really prevalent when it comes to your music. And I have to say, it, it was really cool. And anyone who who actually goes to the length of producing and making their own music, I have to say, it's pretty cool. So how, where did that come from? Well, it, for for to me to me music is you have to be a Depeche Mode fan no, from from listening like, to one. Well, people will, influences. people will tell you who people will tell you that when they listen to your stuff, they they can they can hear your influence, and it's kind of it's it's great to hear that back because it means that it means that you know you're on the you're on the right track, and you know your 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 influences are having that. Effect, it's, effect it's that other way. people it, can hear it, it, yes. other influences in it though you know, that, that's, that, 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 that's flattering really it, it in is, a way, it's isn't it? yes that's basically what it is it's, it's flattering you know my, my dad my dad was a, a drummer in a band in Dublin ah, in, in the, the 60s brilliant and uh, <clears throat> it, they were called the Senators and 
it came to a came to a point in my dad's life where he had to choose between getting married and settling down or, or go on tour in America. And he chose to settle down and have a family, mm-hmm. right? But there was music in our family. All me ma's me ma's me ma's younger brother was in the Miami Shell band. Right? He, he, yeah. he wasn't he, part he, of the, he, he left he left before he went before went the solo, went solo before all that that stuff happened. Uh, so music music has been in the in the family for, yeah. for donkey's years and so you continue I'd always had I'd always had an interest in electronics and technology and all that stuff and it always fascinated me you know all that kind of stuff when I saw Kraftwerk for the first time it blew me away as a kid yeah. so I, I always latched on to that kind of stuff so I was always into you know trying to synthesizers, synthesizers and, and I, I have I have a couple of synthesizers at home I've, I've had more than more than a few I've sold a few on blah 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 Mother giving out shite about stuff being in the room. That's <laughs> yeah. was gathering dust, all that kind of stuff over the years. Gather, you know, records all over. The I place. mean, at times I felt like I was watching Stranger Things. You know, it, yeah. it, it was like a score for Stranger well, Things. Well, it was that, that it, all, it, it really is excellent stuff, you know, though. It all influences you, you know. And I, I do it. I do it for. I do it for therapy, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's a pastime. It's a way of chilling out. It's a way of de-stressing. That's what it is, you know. And some days, some days you can be on farm. You can you can come home and you can kind of you say, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock out a tune now. Yeah, and yeah. And it doesn't happen, but you still get two hours. You're out still of, trying. You still you still get two hours out of sitting in front of the equipment and messing around. Mm. You know, and it, it's it's not it's not it's not done for it's, it's not done for any kind of personal gain. It's done for that's how we feel about Thursday East. And like we're doing it exactly. just for this is what we're it doing is. it for other people's enjoyment. We want people to, to to go to the games yeah. to, to be enthusiastic. Well, well, these opinions raise other opinions. Exactly, and that's what it's all about. That's a great way. Of, that's a you great know, way. Of saying and, and as I say, I, I I wouldn't be prolific in releasing music. And fellas would say to me, "You should do this and you should do that. It's good enough to do this and good." It's not what it's about. It's about. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put stuff out on SoundCloud to try and get just sit there and wait, claim, wait know, for the comments wait just, for the it's it's whatever you're feeling at a certain time mm. and you put it out there and it's just it's out there right people can do what they want I know I know for a fact that some of the stuff that I have is, is on illegal download sites but I mean so what yeah it's just well, the way music yeah. is nowadays you know hundred percent I mean? man but yeah. it's 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 just it's just some of these pieces are about how you are at a specific specific point in time and how you're feeling yeah like these are. I mean, it's, this, it's crazy how your mood can affect you know, affect what you put out and, there, isn't and it? In effect, these are therapy sessions as well. When you yeah. think about it, you know, I mean, you know what I mean. You're you're voicing your opinion on certain things. You're getting you're getting opinions out there, whether people better. agree with them or not. That's up to them to decide yeah. how they feel. You know what I mean? Whether you're whether you've you've said stuff in here that's accurate or inaccurate. There'll be people out there who'll pull you up on it. You know what I mean? Uh, so, there's always so somebody whose opinion. And then we have Dan, things. who's quite similar as well. I mean, has have has Paul had any influence on your? DJing career I mean you've had mixes out there and you've done you, plenty you better of, say yeah or I'll bore you've had, <laughs> you've had Forky you've done Forky's 40th you've done yeah. a couple of gigs in the Abo and you've done gigs all over the place and and your your taste of music is quite eclectic so where where have you drawn inspiration from as regards to your your choice of music um, yeah no definitely no doubt Paul's a big influence I mean you know, I think I remember the first time you bought a controller or maybe a set of decks and you had a consultant Paul about it. Yeah, maybe. like Paul was like, you know, it's like, might get DC DJs. Paul was like, real DJs are on vinyl. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right, okay, well, look, I mean, you know, I had a go about and I was like, the, the vinyl seems a bit more challenging where, you know, you have to do it by year and like, because, like, stuff. Did you get the chalk out? Well, like, Mark, Mark. well, like, the thing is, I, I'm mad about 
kind of, I mean, I listened, like, it kind of started, like, my mates kind of went out to clubs every weekend in town, probably from 2012, like, and it just used to be all the stuff they'd listen around, like, tech house and stuff, and it's just, it's just this dance music that I just never took to. Then I started listening to 80s and 90s house music. And I just kind of listened to anything regardless of year. And yeah. just straight away, it was like... Which is quite... It's actually a quite good, good like, way of listening to music without I just having take a preconception it, about it, isn't I it? I just take it without any opinions. I make my own on it. And before you know it, you just find yourself kind of... And you have almost, your own, a groovy um, mix going you, on. You yeah. almost kind of draw yourself to a certain kind of category of music. like, But like from there then, I just got the pair of decks. I just got this thing on Discogs put in a want collection and just started building up from there but like at the moment because you're doing it on vinyl it takes a little bit longer to kind of to kind of mix it well you're perfecting your craft though as well though that's that's it like like the thing is we all kind of need something we all have our work we all have rovers Um, but this is done for love at the end of the day we all need a bit of hobby on the side and like this is my thing you know and I absolutely love it but you know definitely Paul brought me in to more. It kind of started. It kind of started more so after the Roses done that reunion, and I wasn't into any of that sort of music. I mean, I kind of grew up listening to VH1 and stuff like that. But after the Roses, I toured. I was like, right, Rovers listened to it. They seem to be a big band. Let's give it a go. Sat down, threw on the album, start to finish. And I was like, Whoa. Like that's Stone Roses album in particular. I was like, Isn't it stunning? I was like, fucking hell, there's something more to this. Yeah. From the Roses, it was like Happy Mondays, Northside, Space Monkeys, fucking all all these Manchester bands, and then you listen to the Smiths and all, and you're like, like none of your mates talk about these bands. No. They all talk about. I know you like Kendrick Lamar, but like to me, that's a load of bollocks. Like, no, but, Kendrick's like, the man. I'm not getting into this. No, no, well, right. I can no, talk it out. <laughs> but you know, I'll be honest with you. I grew yeah, up. One thing I did grow up with. One thing I did grow up with was late '80s hip hop and it was NWA and all, and I loved that. Give me, I, give me, I tell you what, give me your takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Give me Fear of a Black Planet. Give, give me all those Chuck mm. the uh, Public Enemy albums before <laughs> anyone else. And you will sit there and you will be fucking amazed yeah. by the music and, and the production of that. It's, it's just and especially the bomb squad with Hank and Rick Shockley. I mean, look, look, the thing, look, look the, at the production. The thing I loved at the time and those kind of eras where it was just kind of people who had, raw, you know, wasn't it? Yeah, they just literally bounced off each other. You know, like the North Side. Excuse, excuse like, the graphic. It was like, like riding without a Johnny. It was fucking raw. It was, it was good. You know, you look at the Manchester scene and if any of those bands <laughs> went on the X Factor in the morning they'd be fucking laughed at uh-uh. and X. they'd just literally be thrown out the door but back yeah. then it was different you, you were looking for people who were a little bit different people who had a bit of character look at the Happy Mondays yeah. on paper as as a band who you're going to do an X Factor uh, like kind of way of judging them they, they'd be out the door in the morning yeah. Yeah. If they finished mm-hmm. they, like it's all about the stories back then I mean ha- Happy Mondays finished last in a, in a competition in a competition <laughs> in the Hacienda and Tony Wilson God bless him the absolute mad he was an absolute mad fucker he was like you know what I'm gonna sign this. Yeah, right? I'll sign the lads. Sign these yeah, lads. Who, serious, sign these serious, lads yeah. who are singing about stuff that a lot of bands yeah. sang about but never actually preached. But these guys are singing about anything and everything and everything they were singing about. They were doing. There was a great story of Happy Mondays where they went to Barbados to record an album and they got to a point yeah. where they spent all their money, sold all the record equipment 
because they just because everything the chairs the sofas <laughs> just to keep buying drugs until they got to a point where they went back to Manchester and Tony Wilson said where's the records lads and went met Sean Ryder we're actually in the red met, <laughs> met Sean Ryder in a pub and Sean Ryder put a gun up against him and said right no, I'll, get, I'll give you these records but you have to give me fucking 10 grand first it was something he, along he, the lines gave, of that he, right? he gave them he gave them backing tracks and Tony Wilson listened to them it was in it was in uh what was the what's the bar called again that they the I know the one yeah what's the bar called the, the basically basically New Order and Factory Records set up an actual bar a pub so right. some booze and a man a boozer and, yeah. and uh, he met Tony Wilson there and uh, he had he had a tape and he Tony Wilson played it and said it's not fucking vocal it's not fucking vocal <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, uh, what you call him he said, uh, said that's going to cost you extra and put the gun on the the bar. There you go. That's gonna cost you. Right? That, that's a good fellas you. move. That's a Joe Pesci move. Cold, that is. his eyeballs. That's just the way things were back then. You know. Do, do you know what? I I'm I'm sorry to say this, but I actually feel sorry for our kids today who haven't experienced. Is this bread and butter bullshit? Isn't it that culture? Because I don't believe that the current generation have anything like what we had. They haven't invented. I'm still waiting for kids these days to actually invent their own culture. Yeah. Come up, come up with the next best thing. Listen, it is a bit sad. Oh, yeah, dead right. It's the technology. It's the technology generation, yeah. and they're fucked. It's all. You know I mean? It's all like, shy. It's all trends. It's all hashtags. It's, it's based all, on trends. Yeah, that's what it's it all. Is, you know? It's all like you know, like you see so many on people on Facebook that just take these specific sort of selfies and all because that's the way everybody does mm-hmm. it. All this kind of shit. You literally can. I'd rather go. Like, to, apparently, now you'd know this. There's a there's a bar in Berlin. David Bowie apparently frequents it. The green door. The green door. Been there. You can't bring your phone. You'll be searched. No, I was there. I was You'll there. get your cavity fucking searched. I was there 18 months ago. You were there right? 18 months ago and, and you a, can't take your phone. You go in there and you can actually talk to people, it's a, spe- it's, it's a speakeasy, right? You can talk to people. It's a speakeasy. And it's in the middle of a student area. And exactly as you say, it's frowned upon. And you go in there and you have to make a conversation. Yeah. But the beauty about it is you could be standing beside or sitting beside a doctor on one side and you could be standing there sitting beside a prostitute. And now fucking vagrant. Yeah, no. You could be. And that's the beauty. The yeah. conversation just happens. And it's, do and you know it's, what? It's, it's, all about, it's, it's all about yourself. It's, it's you food are. for the soul. Yes. For me, conversation that's is what food it's about. for the soul. That's and if you can find good for conversation, yeah. Yeah. You, you need to indulge. I don't, in I don't believe the generation today have that, that wherewithal. To, I don't think so. You've got to know, there's even, even talking about bands at the moment, unless you literally have a serious plug, you're not going to get anywhere, and there's so many bands that are just trying to so isn't it? And t- there's these two. So, like, I'm going over to this festival in England, Shine On Weekend, or basically a festival that celebrates 90 dancing indie music, you know. So, you get the likes of Happy Mondays and you know, Jim Bob, Carrie USM, not many, some are our fans, some of our fans might do, uh, you know, um, Pop Elite itself and the Levelers and. You know, spoil carpets that play Great there and all that bands. stuff. And this place is amazing, but like you go to this place and you compare it to festivals nowadays, and it's, it's nothing in comparison. You meet these people here, and you kind of say, even what you experience, where it's a nostalgic festival now. If you had if you had that in modern day, like you'd definitely be banging out these kind of bands now. And th- the lads are showing are promoting these kind of new bands on the scene there's two Deja Vega and Science and I'm telling you Deja Vega are the best live band I've ever heard in years you go onto their Top YouTube class, yeah. you go onto YouTube and there's fuck all views in their videos because they're not on the mainstream rock 
but you know what? what? And they, they just can't break out. And the only band who's done it in the last few years is, do you know the Manchester band at the moment? They're, they're slowly starting to, to get out now. They headline Glassbury. Um, Cartiners. Cartiners, right? Cartiners basically started just... Like, they just started doing their own thing, and maybe it's because, like, if you're from Manchester, you do have that little head start. Mm. Then when you play yeah. your gigs in That's Manchester, true, isn't it? you, you, yeah, you do yeah. get that little bit extra you get, you get extra promotion. I think extra Deja Vega are from yeah. Stoke or Scunthorpe or something like that, where maybe it's a little bit harder to get themselves, but most gigs they play in Manchester. But listen to a band like that. But the thing is, I mean, like, going back, listen to all those bands back from the late 80s, it's just nothing... It's nothing compared to stuff. It's such a different today. time, though, Dan. Because you're right. I mean, when you t- when you think about all the bands that have come through throughout the years, and they've they've worked hard, but now it's just a popularity contest. That's it. And That's it. Mm. It's so it's so disheartening for for X genuine Factor bands. and Britain's Got Talent. It's like exactly it's the death what, like, of humanity. And put it this way, right? Let's say, for instance, like my daughter's, she she loves singing, and she's having singing lessons all the time. Let's say I put her on X Factor, right? And she comes toward. She is forever. That person that came toward next factor, she <laughs> is gonna live with that stigma mm. for the rest of her life. There's not enough. There's not enough encouragement for songwriters anymore. Exactly. I right, so, genuinely don't think it, music isn't the karaoke contest. Well, like, there's it? there's so many people out there that they can't sing a tune. They can't sing at all. But, <laughs> yeah. they, but it was back in the nineties that they couldn't sing, but they got away with it because yeah. it was just about the kind of music you listen to. Liam Gallagher. Liam Gallagher can't sing. No, can't sing let's be honest, well, yeah. you throw in a little auto-tune and if you don't do it as a karaoke contest you listen to the lyrics that are actually written for the songs and they're fucking it's golden actually amazing, like. yeah. and that's what it's all about See, like. Liam Gallagher belonged to a certain movement right Oasis belonged to a certain movement and that movement had longevity and that's what that's what keeps these things going right it, it, it's it's almost it's almost cult-like status these people have and and yeah. they deserve to have cult-like status yeah. oh very true but this all kicked off never this be, was the hasty end wasn't it figureheads right? but there'll never be anything but, like that again no and I, I, I'm in agreement with you right today you have tro- pure throwaway pop culture yeah and like you can, you can name X Factor and you can name Britain's Got Talent and like but Kids are also responsible for that because they're not getting up off their arse and inventing and creating their own their own one. And the re- I'm, I'm beginning to think the reason why they're not is because they're not being taught from the generation before. Oh, Hundred, oh, just but right? we have to inspire I, them to do that though. As a kid, I remember. I remember as a kid before preteen. I, I actually remember my dad's three and one stereo day and night. I was listening to Elvis records, Abba records, Tom Jones records, and that molded Kinks you. records. And it was a. Not only was it a thrill to actually get these pieces of oil in your hand and put them on and have the, yeah. the, the old thrill of playing them yourself, yeah. but it was like you were, you were, you were, you like were indoctrinating yourself, sucking that yeah, stuff you know up. What I mean? yeah. Kids are not doing that now. No. In, in, back in my day, as I said, back in my day, <laughs> you, you, saved up, <laughs> you saved up your weekly wage and you got your fifty quid, and a Saturday morning you couldn't wait to get into your bottom record. You went in with your mates and you went into Abbey Disc and you spend two hours in there listening to what's good and what's bad and you, you, you formulate your own opinion on what you want. You see that, Paul? I love the fact now that you said that. Now, I love now, it. Nowadays, kids, they have a yeah. mobile phone. They have a personal computer in their hands yeah. and they're, they're, they're taking second information from someone else and they're either scanning. They don't even know what the song is. They're scanning yeah. it down so it's like oh yeah I believe this is the next best thing and they have it on YouTube and there's no 100% agree with no, you right? there's, no, there's no there's no trail of them getting out of bed yeah. in the morning earning a few quid going and buying that music yeah. supporting yeah. the artist 
and starting starting a cultural movement. I think I and think that's that's what's wrong, and it's I, gone. It's gone. Like I think with these kind it's of sad. Gen- I think with these general trends, it stops people being innovative. Like we dance music at the moment in Dublin, it's all this tech house stuff, which is thankfully, massive, isn't it? Thankfully, stopping a little bit, but like me mate does these residents during the week, and last week he'd booked these lads from Brighton, Proc and Fitch, they're called, right? And they're right. these tech house DJs. Mm. And I think it was two, three grand to cost them to do a two-hour set. So they picked them at the Louis, picked them up at the Louis Fitzgerald, brought them up to the gig, done a two-hour set. On the way up to the gig, I turned around, right, these lads from Brighton, I was like, did you listen to the new Bicep album? Bicep are these lads that are bringing uh, back yeah, yeah, 606-909s and analogue. No, haven't listened to it. Right, do you know, are you into 90s music? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know this guy? That guy, this song, this remix that came out. No. Did you hear this? He looked at me with ten heads. They went on and done their set, and it was all just like it was nearly like something you pull off, like a, a chart top one hundred from Tech House. And these guys are there getting two, two and a half grand. People are going absolutely mad. And you're like, right, if that's all you need to do to make it as a DJ now, to, and get that sort of do you of really money, want that any involvement? Is there you? is there any point in doing anything different? when everybody's doing the same thing and that's accepted and that's the biggest problem mm. you need somebody who's just gonna fucking out of nowhere just produce something that people don't have never heard before and it's just that's a little such bit such a hard thing to do though isn't it in fairness well, I mean to like, just be original and the thing is I think like I think with the kind of technology advancement there's a lot of things now that have just made it too easy for people that they can't be innovative right well. and all they do is get this program out that literally has these like predefined loops and then they just tweak a little bit and then they throw it out and everybody thinks it's great definitely yeah like you talk about like you say do you like dance music no I went to the hangar last week you know all it is is people doing a load of yokes and hearing the same thing Bullshit. over and over the same beat generalisations are like, fucking scorer like, society you're like it's such a wrong perception but look I mean 90s was just that bit more innovative now it's a load of bullshit and hopefully in a few years that'll change mm. what will change it maybe that small small minority that see the difference but yeah, you well, know until you, then you went, you went you went to the red box 25 years ago like i did and that punk were playing for the first time and the place was oversold and it was a monumental no way. Play, right you went to see that punk underworld were playing 25 years ago in the red box and it was sold out and there was too many tickets sold and it was innovative night and it was a great night and they're still doing it and why are yeah. they still doing it because there's nothing new yeah okay. yeah and, and they all I, I blame that on the kids today this they're is not, the thing no but you did right see the thing is I, I constantly buy own. CDs right yeah. now I'm not a vinyl guy yeah. I, that, that was well before my time mm. but I will buy CDs but, every but single week but vinyl is expensive it is expensive it is but yeah. you know what I miss that I miss that yeah. era I was born it's in appreciation and I grew up in around the ni- like I started finding music in 96, 97 mm-hmm. Tupac was like you can say what you want about Tupac, right? Tupac is one of my heroes. You're a hip hop, right? You're a hip hop. I'm a hip hop guy. Cool. Tupac cool. is my Brilliant. fucking hero. Fuck uh, your bitch, your fat mother. Yeah, he's he's my number one hero. If you, you told me who you're gonna bring on a on a desert island, Tupac is my number one. His catalog is stunning, right? Is he not living and, on a desert island? Yeah, he's like he is. <laughs> Jamaica sipping daiquiris. But the thing is, right? I'm gonna I'm CDs all day. I buy I buy CDs every single week because I want to sit down. I want to know where it's recorded. I want to know who. Who's Same producing here. it? I want to know who the samples are from. I want to know who's playing the fucking keyboard. And, and do you know what? The older lemons who are listening to this will totally agree with me. 
a cup of tea or a glass of lemonade when they were kids and they'd get the double LP and they'd read the liner notes. Exactly. Right? you got to read them. None of this Spotify bullshit. Yeah. Okay? Buy the records. Give artists money. Make them make new yeah. albums. Exactly. I have these big massive... It's the shape Sorry. of a snail, right? <laughs> the shape of a snail and it's on, my, it's on my walls in my living room. I have all my CDs there and I fucking treasure them. And it's I always great. say to me, Mrs. I say to her, listen... You're number two. Clutter, get them I, said, I said that house gets that house goes on fire. I'm grabbing the CDs. You're number two, love. I do you know what the mad thing is though? Like in ten years' time, are you really gonna look back at stuff that's going on right now and say that's in the memories? You're not. It depends you, on you, if it's good play, or not. It depends on how you feel it, about it. It's, it's few and far between now. We're like. Most records I have is stuff that's 20, 30 years old. Yeah, I agree. Has and absolutely no if, if in 20, 30 years' time, anything that's being produced at the moment, no one's going to be listening to it. I don't no, think. I agree. Maybe the odd stuff. Your head, yeah. And yeah. I think that's the kind it's of the gauge. Quality. That's the kind no, of gauge to say, yeah. you know throwaway, what? complete throwaway. It's, it's the gauge to say, this is a load of bullshit. Like, you know, but there, there's a lot of good music now, but you, between the, sh- the shit that you're, that's programmed and the shit that's paid to be played, you're, it's embarrassing you're, you're, you're not hearing it? you're not hearing you know I mean you, you could have an actual X Factor programme with independent artists imagine that, that you would actually be fucking amazing guys <laughs> playing genuine guys playing guitars and genuine bands and if only you could convince them to think that that was you the know, cool thing I mean, to do you, you know? could do that so that's the uh, that's the music uh, part of the show disgust Danny come on throw us in a couple of throw us in some, some last words before we go there. some last words if we beat on dark on Sunday, you'll eat my underpants. I'll be on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. No, if if I if we beat on dark on Sunday, we're gonna win the thing. Yeah, do you know? Of it. Yeah, do you know though? My 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 biggest prediction or my most optimistic prediction, if we do not win that cup, is Limerick winning and Derry not getting Europe. But that's just that, my gripe. Yeah, that, that'd be that that'd be crazy enough, wouldn't it? I mean, Limerick to go on, yeah. and get into the final, win it. But listen. That's the end of the show and our next show is Thursday the 5th of October and hopefully we'll have a final to look forward to by then. So uh, it's time to end this 30 year war and who do we've waged with the FAI Cup? 30 years of pain and uh, our next one, you'll, you'll be listening to us straight after St. Pat's and then we're straight on to Dundalk to beat them in the semi-final of the FAI Cup. So lads, keep on hoping and we'll see you in the Aviva. See you. Keep on hooping. Keep on hooping. Fuck Rotaro. <laughs> <laughs>